still black. Uh, folks at home! Folks at home. Boats at hose. Folks at home. How you doing tonight? Mike Iconelli, you are tuned into the world's uh, best fishing live web show. I'm going to take liberty and say that we are the best live fishing web show in the world. In the universe. In the I'm going history to say. of the world. In the history of the world. I call Big Tafe. <laughs> Not quite dead yet. Uh, welcome to Ike Live. This is a very special fan fest edition of Ike Live. We're going to talk more about that, but this show is dedicated to all of you guys and girls watching the show tonight. Man, we got a lot of a lot of cool stuff in store. Um, uh, l- let me start by saying uh, tonight's beer choice is. Dale's Pale Ale. Dale's Pale Ale. Where's Dale's out of? That's a that's a uh, North Carolina. Is that correct? I don't know, dude. It's a North Carolina beer. Brian the Carpenter. No idea. No idea. Becky. I got nothing. You got nothing. We're digging. <laughs> we're drinking uh, Dale's tonight. Um, follow the script, Mike. I'm trying to follow the script. I can't do that. <laughs> very, very <laughs> Read the text. Uh, oh. Uh, and as part of this Fan Fest edition, man, this whole show is going to be about feedback, interaction. We're going to do a lot of sweepstakes and prizes and giveaways. This is all about the fans. Uh, one of the big, the grand prize that we're giving away, which I'll go ahead and, and just preface it by saying it's a autographed, one-of-a-kind fishing jersey from Major League Fishing. Um is going to be, we want to know, so already start thinking about this. We want to know your best worst day of fishing ever. Best story. Your best worst day of fishing ever. Your best story of your most terrible worst fishing day ever. And I've got a lot from a couple (laughs) recent events. Uh, But we want to know yours. So start thinking about that. Uh, As the show progresses, we're going to have a phone number up there. We want to hear from you. Uh, As always, if you want to contact us, Lots of ways to interact with us here on Ike Live. Let's go down the list. Um, you could IM us. Look right there next to your screen. There's instant messaging function. You could IM us. You could hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You could do that at Ike Live Show or Mike underscore Iconelli. Uh, you could also send us smoke signals. If you're into tobacco or hookah products, uh, the old Dixie cup with the string attached works very well, too. Any of those methods work. Uh, So thank you for tuning in. This is going to be a really cool show. Um, We we also are going to have – this is not just about the fans. We also have a couple of guests tonight. Am I right? That would be correct. That's correct. Brian Carpenter, we have two very special guests joining us tonight. Am I right? Two very interesting guests. Two very interesting guests. And we're going to hear, and this story I love, we're going to hear from, listen to this one, Pete. We're going to hear from a math teacher. Uh, He's a math teacher. His name is Matthew Schwalwert. And he's a math teacher, and he's got this program called Fishing for Algebra. And he's using fishing as a way to teach his students. 
Very, 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 uh, very intelligent. And I want to hear more about that. It's interesting. That's interesting to me. Um, we also have on the show uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Larry Farrington. And Larry Farrington runs... Did I say that right? I believe you did. Okay. Larry runs the tournament on Moosehead Lake. It actually happened today. And it was a tournament to catch and kill smallmouth bass. It was a smallmouth bass eradication tournament. Holocaust. A holocaust. <laughs> uh, you know, it was... Um, a lot of people are calling it a murder tournament. Um, and it was a Moosehead Lake up in Maine. And it went down today. We're going to hear from Larry. We want to hear his his side of it. And, and we, we want to hear what he has to say about it. A lot of people upset about it, though. Killing smallmouth. I that I think he's fearless and, for and coming I'll, on the show. He's here. coming on the show. And by the way, let me let me tell you that there's an unlimited number of smallmouth that you could bring in and, and kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, there's no catch limit on that lake. No, mm-hmm. no, it's a lot like major league fishing, except you kill them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we were up in Maine near Moosehead Lake. There's some neat tie-ins there. Uh, uh, before we get, I want to announce uh, my amazing uh, studio cast here and talk a little bit about that. But before we do that, we always start the show uh, with a huge thank you, a, a tremendously huge thank you to all our military, uh, active military veterans. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for what you do. It's a crazy world. We appreciate you so much. Also, uh, uh, police, uh, firemen, EMT, thank you guys. We, we appreciate what you do. It's amazing. Uh, Let's go ahead and, and go through the room. Uh, sitting to my right, man, I'm so glad to be back in this chair, uh, is the amazing, stellar co-host of this show, Pete Glusick. Pete, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. It's great to have you back yeah, here. You're, you're looking studio. good. Thank you. Thank you're looking you. good. Uh, I mean, physically, I would say uh, your clothing, a lot, a lot. You're looking really good. I, I'm well, not saying that in, in any kind of weird way. You're looking good. Well, thank you very much. Been working, been working hard, man. Working on my goal. Okay. Uh, we're coming up on July uh, 5th, and that's my target. All right. And, uh, just been really dedicated, committed to uh, trying to drop some weight here in 2015. I like it. Feels good. Got some new clothes because I have to have them. Yeah. Because uh, I can't fit in the old ones. Yeah. And uh, that's it's a pretty cool deal. Oh. But it, it's great to have you back. Thank in, you. In studio. I gotta say. Your chair is way better than this chair. Over it is, isn't it? I know. Well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk to Rebecca after the show about having a new chair put in over here. Dunk seat. Uh, yeah, another dunk seat. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get back to you because I got a lot of stuff I want to catch up with you on, but especially tournament you fished today. I want to hear about that. That's right. Yep. But let's continue on and go through the studio. Uh, and sitting in the uh, the casting couch tonight, we've got two guests. Um, <laughs> our normal guest sitting to my left. You know him by a lot of different names. You know him by Worf. You know him by A.K.A. Fathead. I know him as Dave Brodzik. Dave Brodzik in the studio. Dave, how you doing tonight? All right, dude, man. Good, Good to, to have see you him. back, man. Good to be back. I hated the Skype thing, by the way. It sucked. I, I mean, it was okay, but it was tough not being here. Dude, it was tough. I, I like being here. Bugs Bunny had a better connection when he was hanging off the moon. <laughs> I think you're right. I'd, I'd agree with that. What, what's up with the T-shirt? Yeah, any any um, background T-shirt? I noticed that all night. I don't want to uh, say anything about it. I like it. Is no, it? It's, it's um it's just an MMA fight shirt company. Um, a full contact fighter. They sponsor a few guys that I like, and I just like the emblem. It's not like you know, all the major sports, like the hockey, NHL's yeah. got the guy with the stick. And yeah. 
He's, uh, I, I like that one more than any others. Okay, and I'm going to let, since you're talking, I'm going to let you introduce our guest tonight on the couch, casting couch. And who do we have sitting sitting next to you here tonight? Uh, this is Antler Joe. Antler <laughs> Joe. He looks he looks pretty stiff. He's what he's is he smoke is that tobacco is that marijuana? What is that? What he's is smoking. he wearing? Uh, he didn't light it up yet. I don't know. He, he okay. won't tell me what's in it. All right, but we're going to get to him later, Pete. He's going to have something to say sooner or later. We, we don't drug quiet. test on like live, so we don't drug test. Okay, <laughs> we don't have no idea what's in there. Uh, let me let me continue going through the studio tonight. Um, and uh, the, the I think he's known as the crux. No, that's Pete. Oh, that's Pete. Uh, he's the crotch of the show. <laughs> the crotch. Uh, Thank you. Pete's the crust. Uh, Brian's the crotch. Thank the crotch you. of the show. The producer. The man that makes all the magic up. happen. Put yourself up. Uh, put yourself up, right? No. Put yourself. Put up. yourself up the screen. We want to see who you are. I, I will not you. be told how to produce this show. <laughs> I will put myself up as soon as Mike says my right. name. Brian the Carpenter, aka. Brian Stockle, a.k.a. Spock, a.k.a. Press One Spock, uh-huh. a.k.a. Ding Dong. Yes. Hi, Brian. Look, he even half-faced Yeah, he's himself. half-facing himself. Get in there. Put you on there. Okay. Uh, and then sitting, uh, we'll save the best for last, sitting next uh. to Brian, back in the studio as well for the first time in months and months and months. Backseat producer. Backseat producer, my beautiful <laughs> wife, handling the IMs it's tonight. the estrogen. I can't help it. We have to boss people around. Handling the IMs tonight, Rebecca. Hi, Hi, Beck. Hi. How you doing tonight? I'm excellent. I'm glad to have everyone out of my bed and back in the studio. Okay. Why do you have people in your bed? That's where we were last time, remember? That's the oh. only place the internet worked. That's right. Mm. That's right. Now, what are you wearing tonight, Beck? Are you wearing uh, Rebecca Minkoff? Or? No, y'all always make fun of my clothes, and I'm not... Y'all... Well, is it a designer? We it want to know if, you, if you're on the you're red gonna carpet. Die. You're going to die when you hear the name of it. We want to hear it. Tea you, bags. Tea bags. <laughs> Beck's I'm wearing tea bags tonight. You want to see my tag? It's him dead serious. Yeah. Wow. Maybe later. She's been tea bagged, Dave. Yeah, I don't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, moving on. All right, we're gonna we're gonna keep moving on along. Uh, uh, let, let's see here. Uh, yeah, let, let's. Brian, you want to play catch up at this point? Go Just, ahead. What's going on? Yeah, let me tell you, Pete, you mentioned it. It is good to be back here. It's good to be back in the studio. I was a little dumbfounded when I first sat down, and I kind of looked around. I'm like, everything looked good. Everything looked pretty clean. And I noticed on my chair, I've got all this white stuff on my chair. What the hell went on when I was gone? What is this? I got white stain on my chair over here. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Is this coconut <laughs> cream, or what is this? Okay. Uh <laughs> well, I just wanted to know what it was. Uh, so we're home. We're home. It feels good to be home. It feels good to be in the studio. Uh, but it feels just great to be home. I uh, had a lot of questions and comments over the last couple of days about you know what we did when we first got home. And I, I really want to tell you the honest-to-goodness story, how good it felt to be home. And I, I told Dave this earlier. Uh, we, we left Kentucky Lake on Saturday, drove like like crazy people took us two days to get home we got home about sunday a little afternoon on sunday and just coming down that driveway felt so good but i we parked that truck and the first thing i did when we parked that truck is i stripped off all my clothes except my underwear almost all my clothes and i just walked around the yard and rolled around in the grass i I rubbed rubbed up against things <laughs> and and would you stop? None of this is true. And I just it was so good to be home. I just wanted to feel 
home. I wanted to feel the earth. And that made you feel? It made home? me feel great. There's something, sp- I'm, I mean, honestly, there's something special about being home, you know? Sure. Um, I planted trees. I'm, yeah. I, I might have opted for a different activity. <laughs> <laughs> Feels good when you're chafing <laughs> up against trees. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it was good to get home, and um, I really kind of, I kind of shut everything off, you know, for... Three or four good days, I really shut everything off. You know, we got home Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, man, just decompressed, you know. And it's hard for me because I'm, you know, everybody gets kind of, you know, stuck on their devices. And you are you get in a routine of, of social media and stuff like that and emails. And I put it on hold for a couple days just to get back to, get back to normality and settle back in and... Uh, Got to see the family and the, and the kids, and it was good to get home. Uh, and I and and it's a great story because um, so I get I think it was Wednesday we went and picked up the two older girls. They came over here. We had dinner here at the house, and I went to get them in a car that I have here at the house. And that car I don't I hardly drive at all. I'm a truck guy. I'm in my Toyota 99% of the time. But we have a car here, and the car is a brand new car. And we just got it, and you know, had like zero miles when we bought it. And I've driven the thing literally five times since we bought this car, <laughs> right around Christmas time. Yeah. I get in the car, and I'm stoked because I'm going to go see Drew and Riley, and I'm happy, and I'm like, God, this is great. I get to see them. We're gonna have dinner night. It's great. And I'm driving. I got the music on. It's driving to get them. And something I, I for some reason I looked down, and I looked at the odometer. And it said 1,042 miles. <laughs> and the first thing I thought of was, those bastards! They drove my effing car! <laughs> and I thought of you guys, and I and I thought of the scenario in my head, and I just, like, it instantly went through. I'm like, effer. I'm like, they came over, they came in before the show one night, they took the thing for a joyride, Brian and Dave and Pete all went up to it giddy, uh, getting ready to... PG that says getting ready to start the car and Pete you didn't do it because you felt bad about taking the car this is all my mind now (laughs) so you stayed back you're you're like nah I can't do that who was driving in your mind Uh, Brian was driving first but you swapped halfway through and so they took the two cars and it's like Duke's a hazard the entire way they're jumping ramps they're going down dirt roads neutral drops Oh, everything. Everything. It's like, if you could imagine, for all you old heads out there watching the show, the scene from Ferris Bueller, where he brings in his da- his friend's yeah. dad's car. The Porsche. The Porsche, or whatever it was. Yeah, right. And he just, ri- and, and the, the ballet guys rip it up. And then you brought it back, and now the now my mind's really thinking, and I'm looking around. I'm looking around for cigarette hole burns. I'm looking around for empty beer cans in the car. I'm looking all around. <laughs> shotgun shells. Yeah, shotgun <laughs> shells. But I think I think it was just my mind playing tricks on me. I don't think they really took the car. I think I just had more miles you on had it than more I thought. Miles than you thought? Yeah. You sure Drew didn't come down? She may have. She's been getting a lot of trouble lately. That would make a lot of sense. We didn't think of it, honestly. Maybe if we thought of it, that would have been a good idea, Bri. Now you did. You guys did. Now that was a dream, but. I understand through my connections and sources that you did leave the coffee maker on. I wonder who's responsible for that. Yeah, I don't drink coffee at night, dude. Pete, I've, I've, mine, mine's from Heritage's. <laughs> Pete's oh, is wow, from wow. Heritage's and the liquor store. It's a joint coffee. <laughs> mine is purchased. Her- so nobody's taking responsibility for the coffee. No, maker. that's that's. 
That's the producer. Okay. Brian DeCarvin. I'm throwing him under the bus. He's strategically on the phone right now, ignoring the, the question about the coffee maker. Look at him. I know, I'm glad you did. You didn't make any comments about the the lack of beer or any and the liquor cabinet. Well, that was next. Rated. That was next. <laughs> Let's just switch to that. So the coffee maker, no big deal. Coffee maker, if you burn the house down, house burns down, whatever. You collect insurance money. But the liquor, oh my gosh. <laughs> Man, I can't be, you couldn't even throw the empty bottles away. <laughs> I mean, our, our, our bottles of Jack, the big bottles, like the special anniversary edition bottles, they don't even sell yeah. them at liquor stores. Yeah. They're, on, they're on the counter empty. Handles bottles of, of uh, Southern Comfort, gone. Oh, my gosh. What happened when I was gone? I I think they had some parties here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Both uh, both beer taps are empty, too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, gone. Smoked. Well, you were gone a long time. <laughs> you know? Long it's enough hard. to clear out the liquor cabinet. It's hard to do I don't even know who show. drank that other one. That ash juice that you had in the one tap, that thing was horrible. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, someone drank it. Yeah, someone drank it. <laughs> What'd you call it? A-juice. A-juice. That's uh, terrible. A-juice. Yeah. It's PG-13. Yeah. Oh, you can uh, say yes. So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in the studio. I, I can tell you this is so much more um, comfortable, enjoyable, uh, easy to, mm-hmm. to be here. And, and you know, it's it's tough to do it on the road. It's tough. It's, yeah, a tough, it's, thing. it's tough for everybody. You know, the Skype transmission and all that yeah. stuff. You can't connect as good. It's great to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Face good, to face. Good to be back. Yeah. Uh, let, let's keep going. Um, real quick, I uh, want to give a special shout-out to a good friend of the show, Steve Donis. Uh, you guys know Steve from his amazing illustrations and cartoons. Great friend of the show. Uh, uh, his daughter, uh, Maya, is in the hospital. Uh, she's having some surgery. Uh, and we want to we want to tell Steve and his daughter we're thinking about you. Uh, Maya, get get better soon. Get get well. Uh, always thinking about you guys. Um Let's let's keep going. Uh, we, we've got. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about this contest that we're going to be doing tonight. And and by the way, let me let me let me quick. Uh, I, I want to take a second just to show you, you know, how many prizes we have. And again, this is all based on the fan feedback we get. But we're hoping it's big tonight, right, Dave? We're hoping we have yeah, a lot of response. Yeah, I hope I hope that they bring it like they did at the end of last week. Right. We want we want everybody to bring it. We want everybody you know, to be themselves. Be yourself, be funny. Be funny. I am or call, right? And don't be afraid to call and give us Give us crap, too, right? Yeah, because if you give a good IM, we're going to try to reach out to you some way. We're going to contact you so you can actually call in. Right. And don't be afraid to crank call us, too, right? Sure. Breathe heavy. Anything. Use use a fake fake voice. We're or progressive fake... here. Okay. <laughs> uh, but we we have amazing prizes tonight. I, I just want to kind of show you some of them. Uh, we'll start with that grand prize I talked about. Major League Fishing. Brian, can we get a crotch cam of that real quick? Uh, just just show you. This is an this is an actual MLF jersey uh, signature on the bottom there. Really cool, one of a kind piece. I mean, look, look at all this stuff. We have a we have an Abu Garcia. Look at this thing. Another uh, special edition jersey. That's nice looking. Abu Garcia uh, Ike jersey tonight. We're going to be giving away. Um, look at this one, Pete. You might know this one. Hey, that's my shirt. Oh, give him. We're giving <laughs> Pete's shirt off his back away tonight. The BU Bash University TV shirt. BU TV. That's a sweet shirt. Bash University. Who shirt. came up with the U and the fish? 
This is our homie that did this. Yeah, this He's amazing. Boy. James Riley. James is amazing. That's pretty cool. I never saw that one. Yeah, that's, He's, that's, brand, that's brand new. Brand he new. actually did it earlier this year. Yeah. Okay. We're going to launch some BU products using that logo. This uh, very year. clever working. The, Great yeah. logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, we got we got hats. We got a Mullix hat. We've got our normal Tackle Warehouse stuff. We've got Rapala t-shirts, VMC. Too many prizes to name them. But we're going to be giving away stuff. And, and we want to hear... We want to hear your stories about your worst fishing day ever. Can you remember one of your worst fishing days ever? Or do you have yeah. a, do you have a top one? I'd like to hear yours. The, I mean, you have something that stands out in your mind. I, is, yeah, there's, there's probably a couple, man. I mean, 12-foot waves, Lake Ontario, Lake Erie, getting swamped. You know, level flotation out in the big water. Scary to death. But the worst, my worst ever was when I was lost in the swamp and you were nowhere to help me. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that one up. That's a that's a good one. I like got lost in the swamp. I lost my map, my GPS failed, or or uh, ran, or my phone ran out of battery power. <laughs> my outboard blew up. I was stranded with the alligator hunters. That's all I saw. You had all no day. flares. Your flares my were bad. My flares were dead. <laughs> my phone my phone had just enough power, just enough to make a call. And I, the first thing I did was call my buddy Mike, who I was rooming with, and I, and it rang, it answered, not him. Hey, this is Mike. Leave a message after. Boom, phone went dead. Uh. Out of battery power. Didn't have my charger. And in you the were. Boat. And let everybody know you were in the Bayou Bayou. Like I you was, weren't. You weren't like in a touristy area that was like a swamp or something next to like a Motel Six or. You were in the. Bayou. I launched in the Bayou, and then I ran another hour. Deep, in, deep into the bayou. So and this I, is pre-Discovery Channel, where they've glorified the Cajuns and the bayou yeah. guys. And the ga- this is pre-all that. Dude, I was this scared. Is, to, that stuff that you see, on the, they were out there hunting, man, with 9 millimeters and <laughs> shotguns. And I'm from Jersey. I'm like, what the hell's going yeah. on here? And, wow. you know, I, I hear the shots raining all morning long, and then... And then they disappeared, but I broke down. I got lost. I was scared to death. It was dusk. I uh, I was on trolling motor, and uh, I thought I was going to have to spend a night in the swamp. As it turned out, I kept going and going and going, and I, I turned a corner. I ran a 24-hour manned uh, drilling well, and I knocked on the door scared to death because I've seen deliverance. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I knocked on that door because I was scared. I figured, I, you know, whatever's behind this door has got to be better than sleeping with the alligators. And I opened the door, and the, the chef is grilling T-bone steaks for the crew. And they're all laid out in, like, just look like this, a living room. The, and he invited me in, sat me down for a steak dinner, gave me their cell phones to call you and call home, make, let everybody know I was all right. And at midnight, in pitch black, the foreman towed me through the maze of canals back to the launch ramp. Dude, that's that amazing. Night, that night, I was sleeping in my hotel room. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. That was a crazy event. Is he okay? He's fine. He had to pee. Okay. <laughs> the producer, when the producer walks out, you get a little nervous. I know. I, did, I thought I thought he didn't like my story. No. Hey, well, by the way, though. Yes. 
everyone is loving Pete's weight loss. Uh, Absolutely. We always get, like, make fun of Pete comments. Yeah. And for the first time, everyone's like, dang, do I get Pete's old jersey? Because there's no way he fits it anymore. (laughs) No way. Well, I I told you, you look look amazing. Well, you haven't seen me in person. And the number does. I haven't. You look good. I mean, you actually look, like, even, like, your styling. You have a stylist you work with now? No, I'm serious. I do. Like, your hair? You do. I do. It's yeah. amazing. Is it your wife or who who does your No, your no, style? no. I just I just uh Moxie Blue is That's where, her name? No, that's, that's the that's, store. That's the place where I go. Okay. That's the place wow, where I go. Wow, they're doing a great job. Yeah, thank you. You look really good. You know, you may get uh your wife might be mad because you may be getting a lot of single ladies tonight calling in. <laughs> might be like the old days. Uh, well. BB well. might call and track you down. <laughs> um Hey, but you know what? Let's do, you you want to talk about the weight now being we're on it? Let's talk about the weight. Let's Absolutely. Do it. I think I, uh, we should. Let's see. I there's one missing here on our sheet. I was 233 last weigh-in, 233.5, and I was 226.5 tonight. So that's wow. knocked off another six pounds. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that's a continual drop. It's getting real close to 30, 30 pounds uh, <coughs> wow. knocked off. So. That's amazing. And the starting weight, just to let everybody know, if they haven't been following Ike Live, the starting weight was? 255. 255. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And we're talking about... It was about, 251, and then he ballooned to 255. Okay. Skyrocket. And we're talking about how many months? <laughs> Detailed. Porpoise. Detail. We're talking about how many months here? clarification. Five, five, <laughs> five months all that happened. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What, what's, what's the new weight? Uh, 226.5. 226? Yeah, I witnessed it. Oh. He's Pete. legit. That's yeah. amazing. For Pete's sake. Yep. Yeah, it's going down, man. It's uh, you know, it, it's it's really good feeling. Clothes fit better. Moving around the boat better. Um, I got to tell you though, it is pretty exhausting when your body's losing weight. It, it wipes you out. So you have these days where you feel exhausted because your body's really burning up those calories. Yeah. And, and you're starving it of calories. You know? Yeah. But uh, other than that, man, it just feels good. I'm getting close to the goal. Hopefully, we'll get there by July. It's going to be a stretch getting another 20 pounds off by July, but I'm going to be close. I think you could do it. I think you do. I have faith in you. Thank you, man. You're, you're right. Uh, so start thinking about your worst fishing day. We all have them. Dave, you've got one. Bry, you got one. Beck, you even have a worst fishing day. Do you want to talk about yours or you want to save it for later in the show? I know what your worst fishing day is. I don't know which one is my worst. Is it when I got stuck in a water spout and lost a six-pounder at the boat? Or is it That's when you a- hooked me with a frog in the eye and gave me a black uh, they're eye? They're both really good stories. <laughs> <laughs> they're both really terrible fishing days. I like the frog in the eye. The frog in the eyelid is a good story. Yeah. You yeah, also, usually women just fall down the steps when that happens, but you, it's a frog in the eye. Right. You know. And then he told me I was fine, so I didn't put ice yeah. on it. Yeah. Well, let's tell, tell the story real quick. This is kind of funny. You want to tell it? I can tell it. Um, I'm trying to remember. how It was years, years ago. We weren't even married yet, but I used to practice fish with you back when BASS would allow that, and we had to do falcon to... Amistad. Amistad. Back-to-back tournaments. Mike made Sunday at Falcon, so we were exhausted Monday morning. We'd driven, gotten to Amistad, settled in, four hours sleep, maybe back on a boat, 5 a.m. the next morning. First pocket we roll into, Mike's like, oh, my gosh, look at these beds. Look at these beds. I'm not even awake yet. I'm still drinking my coffee in my seat, haven't even cast. And he never invites me on the front deck, but, of course, poof, I up and get on the front deck to go look at these amazing 12-pounder beds, you know? Who doesn't <laughs> they were just beds, too. There weren't any fish on them. No, beds, <laughs> huge dishes, bowls. Yeah. Yeah. Nests. So I go, 
I have a look. And with that, he forgets that I'm standing there and he casts. Thank God he casts with a frog and not something with a treble hook. Mm. And poof, he just catches me right in the eyelid. 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 Right 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 through. Through the eyelid. Jesus. Through. Like where your eyeball is, eyelid. Not above where there's... Yeah, I was freaking out a little bit. You must have really got whacked hard in order to get hook penetration did you cut yeah. the shank on the hook so so i'm like oh. panicking i'm like freaking out i don't know what to do i'm like i'm like all right I'm just keep your hand on keep your hand on and i'm like kind of thinking what to do can't use the can't use the line trick on an eyelid you know oh. and just kind of in the process of rustling around it actually ripped it ripped through it tore through mm-hmm. which was a good thing yeah it, it tore through and just bled a little bit and that was that and i'm like are you okay are you okay she could see, you know, she was a little shaken up. I was shaken up. <laughs> and, you know, so we kind of went on with the day. And, you know, kind of like about an hour in, you know, she's I could see her kind of, you know, she's holding her eye. And and I remember you asked me, God, God man. You, sh- you should look at Mike. Mike, is there? Man, it still hurts. You sure? Is there anything? And I look back. And at that point, dude, she had the biggest shiner that had already set in. Wow. I mean, the eyelid was black. It was almost starting to get black all around. But it's like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and we're in a, a different area from where we launched. And there was no way I wanted to run her back to the houseboat no. all the way back. Is that not horrible? And I was like, <laughs> we had ice in the no. boat. I could have put ice no, on my eye. Okay. <laughs> it looks okay. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> and when she gets back that night, I just knew. I'm like waiting. You know how like, so we tie up. And, you know, she went in. She's helped me bring stuff in. And she goes into the bathroom and closes the door. Goes in the bathroom, I hear the toilet flush, and then I hear, Mike! <laughs> she sees herself. She's got a shiner. Dude. It I'm was horrible. It was literally from my forehead, uh, because of how big, like a frog hook is. Think about how big that is, like all the way down under my eye. Wow. Yeah. I blame Dean Rojas for the whole thing. It was his frog. Mike, you don't have to scream into the microphone. Oh, I just wanted to. Did it yeah. hurt your ears? No, but tomorrow when people are listening with their earbuds in, yeah. you're going to blow their ears out <laughs> right there at that point. Sorry. Sorry about that, guys. Keep that in mind. Uh, okay. Mike control. All right. So anyway, uh, think about your worst fishing day story, and we're going to hear from you a little later in the show. Uh, real, really cool part. Uh, give you a reminder that I know a lot of you know this already, but Ike Live is available on iTunes, also available on Stitcher. So if you want to go and hear an old show, if you want to catch up on your Ike Live, go to Stitcher, go to iTunes. While you're there, please give us a review. Uh, Let us know what you think about our beautiful, wonderful, crappy show. Uh, Let us know what you think. Uh, The other great thing that has happened, I think, since I've been gone, this this is really cool in this world of social media, is Ike Live has their own social pages now. We've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, we've got Instagram. Uh, it's at Ike Live Show. And I have a note here, we're also on Periscope, which is interesting. And we'll be Periscoping tonight uh, throughout the show, you which already, is cool. You already did one earlier. That we did one cool. earlier. We did one earlier. We're, we're going to continue to do some more. I don't know about the name of that yet, Periscope. Think it was a smart name? Yeah. You think it was? Brilliant. You think yeah. so? Because you think about it, it's you're just you're just up. popping in real quick yeah. with a it's video, a and you're putting the periscope up. You know, I don't know. I thought it was pretty neat. It's a look inside. Okay. Yeah. There's it's a competitor to that, and it's called Meerkat. Meerkat. It's probably a better name. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Do we have a Meerkat account yet? 
No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, and speaking of uh, of, of Periscope and, and uh, iTunes and Stitcher, um, it is a great way to enjoy Ike Live is post-show, the archived shows, right? It's a good way to pass the time. You hear from a lot of people that listen to it on the way to work or, or heading to a tournament, right? Absolutely. It's a cool way to listen to it. Everybody listens to it. I mean, they, they uh, more people I... More people I come into contact with listen to the show versus watch the show. Uh, you know, they listen at work, like you said, listen while they're, you know, working out, doing that kind of stuff, and they love it. They love it. I just uh, fished with another customer that was talking about it, uh, commented, uh, guys, today, I was fishing a tournament on the Chesapeake today. Uh, two guys has, asked me how my weight loss is going. How about know, that? Following it on Ike Live. You yeah. Know, um, uh, another another guy guy weighed in a, a great bag today 21 pounds him and his him and his uh, girlfriend uh, shout out to him or wife I don't know uh, which I I just met him Duke uh, and he Duke might, Duke might be calling in Duke a, Duke Duke he had a nice bag today commented that him and him and his girl watch Ike Live they're going to be watching tonight cool what's up Duke how you doing tonight uh, let, let's jump into that because we me and Dave were trying to grill you earlier but we wanted to leave it for the show. You did fish a tournament today. Mm-hmm. You fished a tournament on the Upper Bay, That's the right. Upper Chesapeake Bay. It was a Susquehanna Tackle That's tournament. Right. How did it go? Tell, it, tell me a little the, bit about the event, how, how you finished. It's a summer bash on the bay. It's a great event, Susquehanna Fishing Tackle puts on. Thanks, guys. And uh, we had 80-some boats today, which for our part of the country is a monster it's a good, draw. Good, that's a good field. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really big field. And uh, the bay showed up. It showed up big. Uh, they had a tournament yesterday, and 20 pounds won it uh, in yesterday's event. A pretty big tournament, too. But today's tournament, it took 22 pounds to win. Yeah. Tw- there was 21s, 21s, 20s, 19, 18. We came in with 18. 18 pounds. 18 pounds. It's uh, a good bag. And guess who I fished with? Who's that? John McGraw. McGraw. Wow. Right. John McGraw. Yeah. Yeah. You fish with McGraw today? I fished, How about yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, wow. There's another thing we didn't know about John McGraw. Did he break his line? <laughs> he did break his line. Ah. <laughs> How many times? Here's it. what I want to know about about what happened today. How many times did he set the hook on what he thought was a bite and it wasn't really a bite? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that usually happens yeah. a good 50 times well, throughout yeah. the day. We had that. We had that a few times, but I can tell you this. Yeah. We caught we caught the tar out of him, man. We caught him today. Yeah. Uh, we just struggled with the big fish. We, right. We just didn't see it. Uh, every one of our fish was like three and a half, three and three quarter pounds. Yeah. We didn't have a single fish that I would say was four pounds. Wow. And uh, we had a solid, you know, 18 pound stringer, and we yeah. caught. We struggled a little bit in the morning, and that was my call. I was, you know, I, I, I make it so I haven't fished very many tournaments yet this year. Yeah. So I'm trying to get warmed up for the bass opens. Yeah. That start next month. Yeah. And, and I, I think I made a few bad calls, and, and we spent about an hour and a half without a bite today, maybe two hours, prime time, you know, right. on the bay, and we're not catching them. And that was probably our window to get the big one, and, and, and I think that I probably that responsibility lies with me. But other than that, we were active all day, adjusting. We had to constantly adjust to conditions, adjust to the tides, and uh, we were steady, man. We, we caught them all day. John came up with a great, uh, great color. Technique. We were at, we actually caught a lot of our fish today on a Senko. Wow. And um, I caught them on swim baits, caught them on chatter baits, but uh, we did a lot of damage too with a Senko when it got slick still. Yeah. Hot as could be. It was 87 degrees out yeah. there or something. 
and uh, we did we did a pretty good uh, amount of damage on a hologram colored uh, Senko that he had with him. It was it was a good deal. Yeah, I got to tell you, my ego's taking a hit tonight. Pete reaches into his bench. <laughs> and McGraw's the first number you come up with with Brian and I in your Rolodex of numbers and fact. Well, yeah, thought, like well, I'm Henry, behind McGraw in the depth no, no, chart. No, I I understand it because Pete thought and I he wasted he just mentioned and I, and I'm guessing right now but he he wasted two hours this morning. Pete assumed it was going to be a sight fishing event, and he wanted the extra height of McGraw. Periscope. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, John's a good eight foot tall, so yeah. he wanted the height to, to spot those bets. No. Well, John, right? John and I have fished wow. together. John and I have fished together before he called me. Well, congratulations, he, but I'm with Dave, man. He, he, yeah, called, dude. he called me last week. <laughs> totally slighted. Hey, let me tell you, would you guys have come over last night? And help me replace all the batteries in my boat. I don't know, wow. but, but but don't That's be surprised if you're on the couch next show. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've replaced many a battery in a boat. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, Becky wow. did. Becky did. Now, is yep. it true when you guys were fishing today, about halfway through the day, um, all of a sudden, G popped out of John's pants? <laughs> <laughs> Tackle back. No, it's not true. Did John try to bring his dog on the boat with him? No, he did not. Becky, <laughs> his dog Becky. No, but we had we had fun. I'm telling you, we had a really good time. Caught That's an amazing place. Amazing place. Yeah, a lot with, of fish. with 18 pounds, I think they paid back till uh, probably 12th place, and uh, we we didn't make it with 18. Wow. Pounds. Yeah, we were just probably we were hoving around there. You were somewhere. in the teens somewhere, probably yeah. Yeah. out of out of or 80 boats. Teens or low 20s out yeah. of 80 boats. Yeah. Wow. Were there any big smallmouth weighed in? Uh, somebody was. I don't know. I heard somebody mention that somebody had a big smallmouth, but I never yeah. saw it, so it may have happened. Gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Well, that sounded fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to that tournament coming up. We'll talk more about that uh, down the road too. Uh, real quick, uh, want to remind everybody um, uh, to check out the Ike Foundation. It's a new foundation we have uh, where we're donating products to kids fishing organizations. You go to mikeikenelli.com/backslash/ikefoundation and check more about that. Also want to give a special shout out to Henry. Henry yeah. is our, our heating and air conditioning guy. Dropped off a load for us tonight, Beck. Yes. Very nice. It's pretty awesome. That was very nice. Henry, thank you. Those rods and reels will go to, to good use. They'll go to kids, so thank you for doing that. Yeah, our next donation will be at your Cabela's appearance in... It will. A, over a little over two weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks. Okay, do you have a date on that? Yeah. Yeah, uh, if, you, if you're interested in coming out and seeing me um, at a Cabela's and you want to donate to the Ike Foundation, it's going to be at the Harrisburg Cabela's. Hamburg. What is it? Hamburg. Hamburg. I'm sorry. Hamburg. <laughs> Hamburg. Hamburger. Hamburg Cabela's, uh, Saturday, 27th. June 27th. 27th. Yeah. I'll be there from 11 to 4. Come out and see me and drop off some stuff for the Egg Foundation. Yeah, we're also going to make a donation to uh, Todd Pride and his crew with the Mid-Atlantic Youth. Mid-Atlantic Youth getting a big donation of, of stuff. That's fantastic. At that event. Yep, they'll be on hand. Great deal. Uh, uh, special shout-out to Under Armour. Uh, uh, amazing gear. Amazing gear. Great stuff. Uh, I asked all you guys earlier in the week. This is great. Uh, to give you a heads up, it was going to be a surprise, but... Got a big order coming in for the cast of Ike Live. A lot of amazing fishing stuff coming in for you guys. Cool. So stop drinking everything in the other room and start just wearing clothes. Right. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We didn't drink much. 
Let, let's keep going. We got two more things to cover. Um, Want to remind everybody, and this is this is a what I call a hot topic. And on our break, Bri, we're going to play the promo. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he doesn't know anything about it. Which uh, promo? The X mark. Okay. Uh, you see this sign uh, above me over here. Uh, X mark, uh, the official sponsor of Vike Live. Um, they've got a great promotion going on, and there's still time left to to send your video. It's called Take Back Your Weekends. And all you have to do is send in a video on how you're going to take back your weekends by using an X mark and saving time cutting your lawn. Uh, send in that video, and you've got a great chance to win a lawnmower, fishing trip with me. they got a golf package, all sorts of cool stuff. That promotion runs till June 30th, 2015. You have till midnight on June 30th to enter that sweepstakes. So check it out xmark.com backslash weekends um, and the last thing I want to talk about and this is really cool you don't even know this I'm sure you don't know this is tonight we're going to premiere a video okay <laughs> now now think about this you know how a lot of times on these talk shows you know we're kind of a talk show yeah. they premiere a music video right Okay. Never before seen, you know what I mean? Like J-Lo showing off her butt in yellow Fiat, something like that. You know what I'm talking about? I understand. Right. Well, we're so, going to do a very similar thing without the butt in the Fiat. Um, and we're premiering tonight a, n- a brand new video by a, f- a good friend of the show. You know who he is. Hunter Shyrock. Uh, uh, 496 Films is Sh- his company. Shryock. Yep. Um, and we've got a brand new video, uh, Hunter's premiering tonight, that he shot with me right before our BUTV on Toledo Bend. Oh, okay. It's really exciting. Uh, he entitled the video Iked Up, and we're going to show that tonight. We're going to premiere it at 9.30 or so. Okay. We're going to premiere that video. So awesome. it's going to be very exciting. So everybody stay tuned. The video is going to be well worth waiting for. Some crazy stuff in that video, and he's talented. He's a very, he's an amazing angler, but he's a very, very talented producer and filmmaker. And we're going to see that tonight. Premiere. Oh, awesome. It's going to be great. I have popcorn. <laughs> Ready for that show? Am I missing anything, Dave? Did you want to? Did you want to follow up with anything, Bry? What do uh, we got? I'm good, dude. We good. Okay, Bry. Did you, uh, Brian Carpenter? Did you want to throw anything in, or h- how are we doing? Well. I'd like to give us an update and uh, say that we're going to skip past. We, we've, we've had some uh, tremendous difficulties with uh, getting the teacher on. It's not going to happen. Oh. Um, so we're going to have to skip past that, unfortunately. Okay. okay. And uh, we do have our other guests lined up, our, our uh, Moosehead Lake guy. Yeah. So uh, we can get into that when you guys are ready. Okay. Oh, not serious, I hope, with the teacher. Skype problem? Skype problem. We'll call it technical difficulty. Oh, Skype problem. Okay, we can't just do a call? No. Okay. Well, you know what else is going on down the bay? No. It's really cool. All the elite guys are there. All of them? Well, I mean, just every day, new guys. I'm down the bay a lot. and. Uh, well, who have you seen so far? Uh, Brent Ayler. I uh, saw him. I saw him at the ramp, stopped by and said hi, showed me the license plate spoon that he was fishing at, uh, they call it the license plate. Um, the giant spoons that he was fishing out of Kentucky Lake. He says, will this work here? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I saw him. I saw uh, Aaron Martins 
uh, kind of was crowding me out on the grass bed that I was fishing. I was, I was today. <laughs> no, this was, this was last <laughs> week. <laughs> he was kind of moving in on me a little bit there. I, he said it was a community hole and it was okay. <laughs> but um, that's funny. Did they jump in the tournament? No, I, I not nobody. Not to my knowledge, did anybody was anybody in the tournament? But I saw the Cabela's boat. I think it was McClellan. McClellan runs a full Cabela's boat. He does. Boat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that that classic McClellan voice just kind of – I could barely hear it because he was far away. Yeah. I'm like, that's got to be McClellan. Because yeah. uh, I don't think it was Dave Smith or, or Walker. It must have been him. Well, Dave Smith, you would have saw giant legs just across <laughs> the boat. I mean, he's like eight foot tall. His legs are just the whole front front deck of the boat. Yeah, there was uh, – And he would have been, been taking a smash too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Bert. a pooper. <laughs> Well, I didn't see that. Okay. Was no, Mike, said, Mike and Stacy said they were coming up they to the bay. Yeah. Okay. So it probably was. I know Walker's coming up tomorrow. Um, a friend of mine is going to take Walker out for a ride. And um, Bertrand. Josh Bertrand. Yes. Yep. I saw him. I met him for the yep. first time um, at the launch ramp. And just um, Missile, uh, JC. Yeah. He, I saw him out uh, the week a week ago or so. Yeah. So guys are popping in, putting a day in here, day in there. But yeah. But how cool is it, you know, down there on you know on the bay? See all those boats. I, yeah. To yeah. See, see all these guys. Yeah. Speaking of Johnny Cruz, Johnny Cruz's birthday two days ago. Hmm. Three days ago. Yeah, three days ago. Three days ago. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday, Johnny Cruz, if happy you're watching. Happy birthday, Johnny Cruz. Happy birthday, Johnny Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> how old's Johnny Cruz now? He's got to be fifty. Now 55? he's my age. How is it? 29. 29. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a lie. But, okay. Uh, how about this? Uh, anybody following the hockey? Anybody following hockey? A little bit. Of, yeah. You was, are? I know Brian DeCarpenter follows hockey. It was tied 2-2, but I fell asleep last night. I, I couldn't watch. Chicago won. Did they? Chicago won. Yeah. Uh, special shout out yeah. to Brian Bickle. Um, yeah. We are, for sure, Philly guys and Flyer guys, but um, sure. since the Flyers aren't in it. I'm I'm rooting for the Blackhawks. So am I. I'm yeah, for the Blackhawks. definitely. Yep. Definitely. Bix is a great guy. Yeah. Um, we need to get him back on the show too, especially if they win the cup. Yeah. We need yeah. to get him back. Can on. he bring the cup? You oh think we can get him yeah. to bring the cup? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, fat chance. Fat chance. No, I he'd bring chance. it. He would bring it. I don't know if he would be allowed to bring it. That would be cool. We could have like oh, a, a pitching contest in the cup. In the cup. Oh, wow. My. Yeah. <gasps> that would be cool. Things we what do you? Do. Th- what? What? Over the years, what kind of nasty stuff you think has happened <laughs> don't, to don't that cup? Don't think about that. I want to think about it. <laughs> Save it for the after hours. Okay. <laughs> You'd never want to drink out of that cup. <laughs> they do. They yes, constantly they do. drink out of yes, that really? cup. Really? Yeah. Probably because so, they have that guy that cleans it constantly. Okay. Any stuff here? Yeah, there's a guy who's assigned to the cup. There is a guy assigned to the cup. Yeah. Full-time gig. Yeah. Like, that's his life. Yeah. He guards it with his life. That's pretty That's right. Mercer had him bring the cup when he did his show. He could totally bring the cup. He might. Well, Mercer filmed the show where the cup was already at, though. Yes. Oh. We can film the show. I mean, our Skype feed's horrible, but we We can... don't have a... What do you mean, our Skype? We don't have a Skype feed. Not tonight, we don't. We don't have anything. We got a teacher with like 20 students just sitting in a classroom <laughs> rocking. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? And All right, kids, go home. Yeah. <laughs> They're in class on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my and, God. And Sorry, guys. Poor kids. Uh, school let feel... out last week, too. Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. summer, and they came back. Wow. They sorry, did. guys. Yeah, we are sorry. Come really? June, how boogie. Yeah, we're very sorry. <laughs> Mr. Williams. Do so you guys want to get into this uh, Moosehead Lake deal? You want to do that now? What else we got? 
All right. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be going Brian after hours pretty quickly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about it right, in that. case people don't know. Um, let, let's 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 preface this, okay? Right. So we've got and and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm going off notes here, but we've got a situation where there's a lake in Maine. Moosehead Lake. What, what shirt are you wearing tonight, Mike? I'm wearing, uh, in honor of this guest and the controversy, I'm wearing my Moosehead Lake shirt. Oh. There it goes, right there. Very interesting. Whoop, whoop. Thank you. Um, How'd you get your hands on one of those? I was actually up there. We filmed Major League Fishing up there. We didn't fish on Moosehead Lake, but we fished on some lakes south of that. And um, we stayed after the tournament was over, Becky and I and the two little little kids. And we went up there. And hired a moose guide. This is a true story. So you can hire a guy, and he takes you uh, through truck all these down these dirt roads. And they he's got canoes, and he he took us out in a canoe into these like um, I'd call them like bogs, sort of like not lakes, but like smaller bogs and stuff. Marshes. Marshes. Yeah. And we were able to paddle out there. And despite our crying three-year-old, Vegas at the time, four, was he four or three, was crying nonstop. Yeah, because uh, he dropped a stick. He dropped a stick. He was sad. <laughs> we saw, how many did we see? Like three Yeah. on that guided wow. trip. We saw one on the way in. Mm-hmm. Driving in, we saw one. And then we saw three. And we taught Steli how to say, show me moose. Show and she, me moose. And at one, she chanted it the entire she way. She did. <laughs> and we saw moose. Show me moose. So, so yeah, so we did um, indirectly stop by Moosehead Lake. Uh, but, but this is an interesting story because we've got a tournament that happened today on Moosehead Lake. It was a, a tournament for smallmouth bass. But in this particular event, the theme of the event, the theme of the tournament, was to keep the smallmouth and kill them. It was smallmouth eradication because a lot of people up there, including the DNR up there, feel like smallmouth are an invasive species in Moosehead Lake. Is that possible? Well, there's more to it than that. That That is one way of looking at it. It is the largest natural brook trout lake in the country. Natural brook trout are in there. Right. And if you're going by the other side, they're saying that there's a couple other invasive species they were fishing for today as well. Well, just smallmouth. Okay. But they're saying that that natural population that doesn't exist in very many places in our country is in, is, is in severe peril because of the smallmouth, which are introduced there in the 70s. It wasn't, it wasn't but, you know... 40 years ago that they were even put in that lake. Right. So they're trying to protect what they fish for. And it's not like it's a widespread state thing that Maine is doing. There's one body of water with a specific breed of fish that isn't wild in a whole bunch of places that they're trying to protect. And I don't think anyone can deny that bass eat trout. I mean, California has gorillas swimming around in those lakes because of the trout they're eating. That and the forage. And the forage. They they compete for the same food. And I believe that was, uh, well, I, I say we get this guy on here. He's the one running the knowledge on that. Yeah. On the decision-making process yeah. to do what's that. This guy, what's this guy's name? Yeah, I, I love talking to this guy. I mean, it's an interesting story because we've heard we've heard the same story with other species, right? Um, eradicate the uh, snakeheads. Eradicate Asian carp. Um, I've heard... Uh, Landlocked striper. Landlocked stripers. Yeah. 
I've heard guys crying about musky northern, in places. Yeah. Northern. Kill the musky, kill the northern. How about pickerel? You know, a lake has too many pickerel on it. Let's get rid of the pickerel. Let's eradicate the pickerel. So this is not a new story. What's unique is that we don't hear it a lot for smallmouth bass, right? It's very unique. Well, we spend so much time practicing catch and release, protecting right. that, that fish. And uh, you know, cultivating it wherever we can. Yes, it's one of the you know the funnest, most exciting fish to fish for. I think that there is in freshwater. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so so it's 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 heartbreaking to to watch them be eradicated. And I think that's what the the community is feeling, the fishing community is feeling, right. is that they're 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 seeing it from that perspective. And uh, you know, I, I I I'm anxious to hear some more scientific information about it i know the state of maine um is very very serious about their fisheries biology and they want to protect they they manage lakes for um trout for the the native species that live there in a lot of different places and uh that's so it's i I wasn't surprised to hear it you know what they're doing there but um you know i wonder uh, i wonder how effective it's going to be you know I, you know, I, it's so hard to eradicate a species like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it. I've seen it so many times. I know guys that do the wrong thing, and they go to the lakes and they put smallmouth in them. Right. You know, illegally stock. They illegally smallmouth. stock smallmouth in in lakes that are that are you know managed for trout and other things, and you know because they want to catch they want to catch big smallmouth. Yeah. And you know, and of course, species are. Over thousands of years, man, species get into lakes. Yeah. Through bird transportation. Oh, yeah. It ha- can happen naturally. Naturally. Yeah. It, it's going to happen. Yeah. It, it's eventually going to happen. Yeah. You know, so, but, but I, you know, I'm, I, I understand their point. I, I didn't understand it until Dave really brought it to my attention that this is why they're doing it. So, uh, yeah. I'm really anxious to, to hear yeah. the science. I, I want to hear it. And, and let me remind everybody, uh, we want to hear from you as well. Um, we want to hear your thoughts on whether a tournament like this should be held, whether they should be killing any smallmouth. Uh, and hit us up. Uh, let us know your thoughts on instant messaging on our IM feed. And, of course, later in the show, we want to hear from you on the phone. Uh, Brian, get, you want to get... Already uh, getting, we're already getting a lot of feedback. We're getting a lot of feedback. You want to take a few of these feedback, and then we'll get Larry on the phone? Just, the, wanna... just the gist of it is there's a handful of people who are from Maine who say that this is kind of the norm. They're very used to it because... Bass fishing is is like trash fish to them up there. Right. And then there's a handful of people who just, due to conservation and what we've bred into people, especially with bass fishing and, and how important it is to catch and release, why weren't these fish caught and released elsewhere? Like, why did they have to be killed? I, there's been a ton of those comments. So right. I think people just want to understand. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I say let's... It's very emotional. It is emotional. It is emotional. And there's two sides to every story, so... Do you want to? Uh, Larry's uh, ready to go, buddy. Larry's on the phone. Okay, well let's let's get him on the phone. Um, uh, joining us live via phone, and I believe he is up in Maine at Moosehead Lake somewhere. Um, joining us on the phone is Larry Farrington. Larry, how are you tonight? Fine, sir. Thank you. Good. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this is a uh, interesting topic. We've really in the last couple weeks have had. A lot, uh, more than normal, uh, a lot of interest on both sides on on this event. And uh, thanks for joining us and explaining it a little bit. By the way, the tournament was today, correct? Yes. 
Okay, and and how did it? Was it a successful tournament, or did how did the running of the event happen? In, in your opinion? Well, I, I I started there at 5:30 this morning, and I got home about 6:30 tonight. So I I think it went well. It, it was the first event. I mean, the the purpose of the event was to thin some mouths out of the lake. Uh, our biggest issue here with management of the lake is the forage base. And we have, on different occasions, uh, highlighted different fish and, and tried to remove a few. Uh, you have to understand that this is a 75,000-acre lake. It's not your small, average pond. And management isn't, is, is very difficult, to say the least. Right. It was... It's, it's always been uh, a cold water a cold water species lake. Unfortunately, some individuals uh, illegally introduced some bass into the lake a number of years ago. Yeah. Uh, I know who it was, and all the people up here know who it was, and it 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 left a real sour taste in people's mouths. But today's event, when you have a lake that large, you know I I my my cell phone, my computer, and all the social media has been a buzz, as you folks are aware. Yeah. And it's um, it's a sore topic amongst the trout fishermen. It's a it's a sore topic amongst the bass fishermen because right. uh, a number of years ago, I'm going to say six or seven, they held it. They held actually held the bass tournament on Moosehead Lake, and the Department of IFW here in Maine. Uh, said that the commissioner said he's not going to reward those people who put fish into lakes illegally by allowing them to have tournaments on them. Gotcha. So, so he said you know, no more tournaments, and then the state legislature, uh, through the biology people, said you know, to encourage bass fishing on trout that on lakes that have native brook trout was not good. So they actually passed a statute in the state that said you cannot can no longer have a bass tournament on lakes that have native brook trout. The, gotcha. how, the wise, the wise, I could take an uneducated guess at, but I'd leave that up to the professional people. Gotcha, gotcha. How was the, what, Larry? What was the turnout like today? Did you have many? Uh, how, how many anglers participated in the event? The turnout was light at, at best. Uh, a lot of good things came out of it. the controversy. Has, has stirred a lot of people up. So. Fortunately or unfortunately, we have a lot of donations. As a matter of fact, the gentleman who sponsored today's tournament came to me and said that he'd like to do it again next year. Uh, we had a gentleman there from, I don't know if they have it down south or not. We have a program here in Maine that's called uh, Hooked on Fishing, Not on Drugs. It's for the kids. Mm-hmm. They actually go into the schools and introduce people to introduce the kids to fishing and they have a Kiwanis group is beginning to take people. They take the actually take classrooms and take them out fishing and have a little tournaments for them and stuff. And we we were fortunate enough to get them involved with us today in this initial tournament. And so the gentleman who sponsored the tournament wants to do it again. Wants to increase the pot considerably from what we had to work with today. And he wants a child a children's division because we had about eight or ten people, probably between. 8 and 12 years old today fishing for the prizes and for those kids $100 was a lot of money and uh, so gotcha. there was a lot of there was a lot of good feelings about what went on today because there were a lot of children involved and that was right 
one of our goals is to get kids interested in fishing and get them away from using their thumbs on computers. Right. And and just to clarify, too, Larry, it wasn't just smallmouth, right? There were a few other species that, that would, would count no, as... No, we had, we had white perch, yellow perch, and smallmouth bass. And the perch were basically for the children to catch because they're easy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. We have, we have plenty of them. We had one one person entered the fourteen and a half pounds of yellow perch. Wow! Holy smokes! The smallest, the longest one was probably seven inches. Gotcha, gotcha. And and what what happened to uh, so what happened to all the fish? Were they were they donated to like a charity to like a a hunger charity or a local? The gentleman who was there from uh, hooked on fishing sat in the back of his trailer and filleted them, and they were delivered to a. He, he also works with a program we have here called Hunters for the Hungry. And they're actually hunters that donate meat and stuff. So he yeah. was donating the fish today to the local soup kitchen. Gotcha. Two soup kitchens actually. So not. He didn't want to waste. We didn't want to waste anything. Right. So, so no, nothing went to waste. None of the smallmouth no. went to waste. They all ended no. up on on someone's plate. That's good. Hey Larry, this is Dave here. I have a question. How many smallmouth did you guys catch today? Well, actually, Dave, we didn't. I didn't count them because they were weighed in. They were weighed by, for volume, but I'm going to say no more than 150. And like, I guess the science, the scientists or the biologists, what what kind of an impact do they think that this would have if you were to have these events just annually? Well, basically, the the management people aren't concerned about it because they don't manage the lake for bass. Uh, I'm sorry. They, they, let, me, let me ask you the question differently. I guess in, in terms of benefiting the trout, like how convinced are they that an annual tournament is going to is going to do anything? I mean, is it something they want to do more frequently? Is what I'm getting at? Well, more than once a year, I doubt it. Um, they have they have a bat, they have a lake trout tournament here in the winter time for the, for the same reason, right? Because. Um, we really have their whole their whole program is based on K factors and growth rates, which is basically one and the same. But they they set a goal that the trout, the salmon, you know, the cold water species should grow X amount each year. And when they don't do that, the, the, their determination, not ours, is that there's not enough feed in the lake. Right. One of the things that I'm sure you guys are more familiar with than I am is that the the bass patrol the shorelines, and they've taken away or they've consumed a lot of the fish, a lot of the bait fish that the brook trout and the other shoreline dwellers used to be able to eat. So, you know, to say that they're bad for the trout, I mean, they don't eat any more than the other fish. I mean, each fish, based on its weight, is going to consume a certain amount of bait fish and so it's basically a reduction in mouth you know this particular tournament happened to be for bass and perch and, and perch but the one that's coming this winter will be for lake trout uh, they've never done them for salmon basically basically because they spend a lot of money putting salmon in the lake right now Larry I'm with you Larry I mean I'm a bass angler for my whole life but I am with I'm with any conservationist that wants to protect a specific species that doesn't exist in other places in earnest like smallmouth bass do. So, I mean, I just, I just, I, I guess, why, won't, why wouldn't they try more 
proven techniques like shocking the lake during spawning season and, and scooping the fish and relocating them, which would have a, a larger, much larger impact than than what you're doing now. Because they're going to spawn in you know 10, 12 foot of water, and that's in the shock range. They can because that's dollars. They don't want to spend up. the dollars on the shock boats when they could spend that money raising more trout in the trout hatchery. Has that been spoken at all, Larry? Well, like, I, I can't, you know, I, I don't want to speak for why the biologists do what they do. I mean, they they went to school for many more years than I did to, to try to correct these situations. It's I've been involved with the, with the Fisheries Coalition here since its inception in 1992, and it was basically the reason the Fisheries Council Coalition was was originally started is because they weren't happy with the management program that was going on at the time for the lake. And we've since been, uh, there's a focus group here on the lake that represents businesses, fishermen, camp owners, basically there's 12 people in that group. And they make recommendations to the IF&W and we meet three or four times a year and we sit down and talk about different issues, whether it's whether it's the bass, the brook trout, the, salmon whatever happens to be on the agenda but um, the bass fishing it's it's slowly I mean I've lived in Maine all my life and it's slowly creeping north uh, unfortunately a lot of it's creeping illegally we've had three ponds here in this region within the last five years that if two out of the three guys were actually prosecuted for illegally introducing bass into cold water fisheries who are these guys? How do you is, catch them? How do you catch are, them? Are, uh, what, one of them's not named Kevin Van Dam, is it? <laughs> no, no. Okay. But one of them, one of them is, in, is in the bass business on the cable channels every Sunday morning. Oh, a TV personality. Say oh. his name, Larry. Say his name. Say his name. Say his name. Spill it. <laughs> Out with it. No, I'm no, I don't want to get into casting aspersions because he wasn't convicted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everybody in the area knows who he was, but they didn't have enough evidence to get a conviction. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Now, were there protesters that showed up today at the event this morning at launch? Or? Good question. No, it was it was discussed in the social media because it was on our Facebook page for the coalition. There were some discussions and some things like you know, some a lot of people are going to show up there, and some of them are going to be really ugly. And but none of that happened today. No, we had we had some bass people that came by and talked to us and asked us, you know, why we were doing what we were doing. And yeah. there was one guy there who was, I, I guess his job was to report back to somebody because he was, he'd come over and ask us questions and go over and type away on his cell phone and come back and ask. I, I, I could care less. I yeah. answered his questions and he would not. How you know, about it's kind of like the analogy I use is it's like. Indy drivers and, and NASCAR drivers, they all drive race cars, and they all enjoy what they're doing, so who am I to tell them which kind of car to drive? Right, right. And we had, lake, there's plenty of room for everybody. Yeah, we had a, we, we've got a message board here that's kind of lighting up as we're talking here, and we had one message from a guy in Maine that said he showed up at the event today dressed up as a smallmouth. But I don't know if he was caught and killed today or if he was just swam away or what. But. I was at the, at the event from when it started at 5.30 until it closed at 6. And I, I didn't see anybody dressed as a smallmouth. He may have got away. He may have just found another female and spawned with her or something. You know, that yeah. happens. <laughs> he, he, 
Yeah, he could he could have got off the hook, I guess. I didn't see him in the water. Yeah. Now, I guess the other interesting topic too is that this tournament coincides with the spawning season up there for smallmouth. So, I'm assuming most of the smallmouth caught today were smallmouth on beds. Is that correct? I wasn't, out, I wasn't out there fishing, but I would assume you're not too far off. Right. Right, so it's kind of 150 smallmouth. That's a lot of fish. Yeah, so that's kind of a double whammy, right? It's a double whammy. So not only are you, you know, you're taking 150 smallmouth out of the equation, but you're taking 150 spawning smallmouth Mm -hmm. out of the equation. And so now they're they're fryer dying. So so it it has a bigger impact. That's the point. Let's take the pulse of the room. All right, Larry, we're going to take the pulse of the room and just see where people are with this. Pete, how are you with this? Well, on behalf of smallmouth, I'd like to sponsor a brook trout uh, tournament <laughs> on Moose Lake <laughs> next year. <laughs> so, I mean, you're opposed to... Huddleston's. Like, what makes us as bass fishermen, like, the anointed anglers to get to choose what bodies thrive and which ones don't? This was a, this was a lake that had a very small population, like, country-wise, of fish that guys target. And an invasive species was introduced to it. What makes us have, you know, dominion over what they like to fish for? I, you know, I, I, I agree. You know, if the species is threatened, if we're talking about extinction here, you know, we got to take steps. We got to take action. But you know, smallmouth they populate naturally. They're all over the. You know, they're going to grow. Like he said, they've been stocked, you know, illegally. But they're also being stocked naturally. They're going to keep spreading north, just like he said. And populations are going to come to an equilibrium. They're going to learn to share the water. If it's not threatening the uh, the existence of the species, you know. But and, their and growth rates are being opinion, stunted. And, and that's not scientific, you know. I mean. Uh, but I, you're, a, you're a science guy. You know? Well, I'm, I'm an engineer, but, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't study true, biology. True. But the, science are, the scientists are saying that the growth rates are stunted because of, because of competition for forage. So the evidence that's, is there. Yeah, that's that causes that's that's coming to an equilibrium. It happens all the time. You why, see, not, you why, see not, why not? Why not? Why not stop more surge? forage in the fishery? What well, what is the forage, Larry? Is it alewife? It's it's interesting that you say that because the other thing that the coalition does is we put anywhere from five to seven million. The, the main forage base for this lake is Rainbow Smelt. Smelt. Okay. Yep. And we put, depending on what we can afford. Between five and seven million smelts a year into the lake. Wow! Now they're lot they're larvae, so you know the survival rec- rate. If we're really lucky, is fifteen percent. Wow! Wow! Gotcha. Well, we've got uh, uh, another uh, a friend of the show is not in the room tonight. He's uh, he works in that business, and we've mm-hmm. got a bunch of um, gobies and zebra mussels we can send you if you're interested. <laughs> No, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Just thought I'd really run don't need you. any of your milfoil either. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just thought I'd run Let's just complete it. <laughs> Mike, where are you at on this? I, you know, I don't know where I'm at on it. I, 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 I got to believe, um, I understand the, the dynamic of what's going on, and, and I understand everybody's position, including yours, Larry. I, I'm not, I'm not going to down your position. Uh, I, I, I just have to believe there's a better way than to, to catch and kill, then, you know, maybe you said it's a relocation effort, or maybe it's a forage effort. Uh, i got to believe there's a, another way to make everybody happy rather than to catch and kill. And, and so if, if it was if it was musky, if it was pike, 
I'd say the same thing. I wouldn't want to see Muskie killed. I wouldn't want to see Pike killed. I just feel like there's a gotta be a different way. You know, Larry. I'm a big advocate of catch and release on any any forage species, right? Larry, why don't you look into that next year? Why don't you look into? And I mean, the guys donated the meat. That's that's applaudable. You might get a whole lot more people if you turn it into a relocation situation, more so than a kill situation. And if you increase the pot. You may, you're going to get bass anglers to show up that are going to move these things with their live wells to a lake that's acceptable to your fishing game commission, whatever you guys call them. Maybe you ought to think about something you like that. You can bring them down to Palatine Lake? Yeah. Down in Jersey? The, the issue with that is, is, although there are people in the social media this week, I found it, think that the coalition up here runs the IFNW in Maine, but we really don't. Right. And the commissioner has point blank said there will be no relocation programs in Maine. Okay. See, even for us to relocate smelt, we have to go to the area where we're going to capture the smelts, capture five dozen, give them to the inland fish and wildlife people, let them check them for diseases, because the last thing we want to do is move smelts into the lake that have a disease. Wow. So we're taking smelts out of the wild to their lab. They run them through a 14-day test, and then if they pass the test, then we can bring them we can bring the offspring with another gentleman that raises them for us we take him the adults wow. and he does all the mixing and, and creates the larvae and then the larvae are delivered delivered back to us that's a lot that's a lot mike that these guys are doing so it's we a have uh, it's a process that only one gentleman up here has been able to figure out how to do it with the rainbow smelts hmm. but the issue is, and I fought this when they want to have the derby in the wintertime to take out the lake trout. I said to the biology people, look, if you've got five kids and they're all skinny, you don't get rid of one kid, you buy more groceries. And he kind of looked at me funny, and I said, well, so why don't we concentrate on just putting more food in for the fish we do have? Right. Right. And the answer was, well, I'm not sure I want to feed the bass. Well... I don't know how to separate them out. If you throw a handful of fish food in your fish bowl, all the fish are going to eat it. Right. Yeah. So uh, you've also got to look at the smelt too, because the smelt have an impact on the fishery. I mean, they're going to eat all the the plankton and phytoplankton, all that all that stuff that they eat. You know, when you're stocking them, SpongeBob. You know, in in a body of water, you know, they, they have a massive impact. They're impacting something else. Right. Um, well, well, fortunately for us. The one thing we do have plenty of, because we test it every year, is the zooplankton. Okay. They, they were out the other day with their zooplankton net. They were supposed to, supposed to troll it for 20 minutes. It's, it's from net. all the it's from all the moose crapping in the lake. <laughs> Could be because that that does the, that kind of bacteria doesn't make the plankton grow. <laughs> yeah. <Told> you. <laughs> hey, we actually had better fishing when the sewer when the sewer plant ran into the lake, but they fixed that. So. Now that that, oh that 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 is another topic because you know what what as far as that region, Larry. I mean, moose the Moosehead Lake region. What is the biggest, uh, you know, the the economy, the dollars, the tourist dollars coming in? Is it for is it for fishing? Is it for uh, the, the the moose? Is it for what, what what is it? Because surely guys fishing for smallmouth, they have some impact on the economy, right? There's a lot of people coming to Moosehead Lake to smallmouth fish. Anybody that brings a fish pole up here impacts our economy. Right. Uh, I wouldn't say I, there are some guys. We probably had three or four boats that just went in today to go bass fishing. Right. 
and but I, w- I wouldn't say the majority of our fishing boats are bass by any stretch of the imagination. I would say maybe, see, right up the road from Moosehead Lake, as far as I'm concerned, is, is the best smallmouth bass fishing in the state of Maine. What's the name it of that happen- place? It happens to be the two outlets that run out of Moosehead run into a pond called Indian Pond. And I bass fish all the time when I lived on the coast of Maine, and a friend of mine came up, and we went down there with his bass boat, and after three hours, we, we both put our poles down in the boat and said, my arm's tired. We were bringing wow. in three to five pounds smallmouth. We probably caught 40 apiece. That's Tom's bachelor party. We, <laughs> <laughs> we got a bachelor party we're planning. <laughs> well, I mean, you know... There's, there's plenty of there's two ponds, one on each side of the lake, and they're both brimming with smallmouth bass. Sounds good. Hey, Larry, um, we have a segment of the show that we save for guests that we kind of like, and we like you, right? This is called our rapid fire segment. You interested in playing? There any hard questions? Nah, man, they're they're all pretty easy, and they're all submitted by our our our, our instant message people. Now, you're a former correction officer, from what I understand. I used to work in a prison myself. That's true. You so, are a former correction officer also, Dave. Let's just go with this, like, two old jail guards talking to each other, all right? Okay. Don't don't, you, don't use any of them words we use in the prison because they won't leave us on the radio. <laughs> yeah, nah, this is the Internet, dude. We can do pretty oh, much anything we want. Oh, we can we say will, what we want. All right. Fire <laughs> right away, then. All right. Now, so, first question we have is, out of the three invasive species that you mainly targeted today, the smallmouth and the yellow and white perch, which one do you hate the most? Which one's the most invasive? The bass. Yeah. Because they're bigger and they eat more. Okay. So in today's uh, in today's news, what is what was a more overrated plague? The smallmouth bass on Moosehead Lake or the 2014 Ebola scare? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to go with the Ebola. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> What's louder, Moosehead Lake tree frogs or the deafening roar of the crickets from Ike's yard when we had Jacob Wheeler on the show last week? <laughs> oh, it had to be the crickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <We don't... laughs> the crickets. Definitely the crickets. Uh. All right, Larry. Here's another one submitted by a, a, a fan. What sounds worse? The hate speech that you've been receiving for this this tournament, or Ish Monroe's music blasting out of his truck? <laughs> oh well, my gosh! You know, everybody's entitled to their opinion, and that's what I told some bass people today. But it's the hate mail. After 28 years in corrections, hate mail doesn't really bother me. Uh, if people are upset with me, I've had a lot of people upset with me over the years. I, I'm. You can ask anybody that lives in Piscataquis County, which is the largest county surrounding Moosehead Lake, how Larry Farrington, the president of the coalition, feels about Moosehead Lake. And if they tell you I don't care about it, use some of your correctional imagination to tell them they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, buddy. All right. What's a bigger menace to society? The smallmouth bass population on Moosehead Lake or mobs of people wandering aimlessly through West Baltimore? <laughs> I don't care what they do in West Baltimore. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Larry, here's the last question submitted by a fan. What would you rather choose? What would you rather have, 20 dead smallmouth or 20 dead Taliban? (laughs) 
See, that's a tough one. <laughs> it is? <laughs> How is that a tough one? He thumps that his voice the way, the way that's a tough one, because I'm just as patriotic as I care about the fishing. So. I hear you. Uh, uh, well, uh, thanks for being a good Yeah, sport. Larry, thanks for joining us tonight. We, uh, we definitely appreciate your side of the story, and... Uh, you know, if you bass boys want to come up here, I'll tell you where the good bass fishing is. Well, we, I mean, well, we got your contact in information. Lake, we I'll might tell be, you where the good bass fishing is. We might be in touch with you for a bachelor party. If you can uh, guarantee a smallmouth and strippers, we'll be there. <laughs> well, the, the smallmouth are easy. I'm not too sure about the strippers. <laughs> Who knows? If there's enough whiskey, we, we might join your holocaust, man. <laughs> Who knows where the night will take us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been fun, guys. Enjoy All right, buddy. Evening. Thanks, Larry. All right. See you, dude. <laughs> On a lighter note, his accent was amazing. Oh, it's yeah. great. Pretty I cool. love that Maine accent. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I've always, always have loved that accent. Yeah. It's a great accent. And the poor guy's just destined to be slaughtered here because oh, clearly be the fans of this show are bass fishermen, yeah. and they're not going to grasp this. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for me to wrap my hands around it. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I, I get it, but it's hard for me to wrap my hands around the fact that they're slaughtering the smallmouth. Mm-hmm. They're, they're murdering them. Brian, you know? say what you said to me earlier. It made a whole lot of sense. I don't remember what that is, but I hear <laughs> thunder and my windows are down. <laughs> is that thunder yeah, or something shocking. moving something upstairs? I thought that so, was thunder. No, it wasn't thunder. Oh, was it? No. That sounded like oh. something on the yeah. floor. Oh, okay, cool. Brian, you were talking about just being fishermen. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, you're awesome, dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> what Brian was saying, and it made sense, like, number one, what what makes the bass guys the, the best, like, we fish for the best fish? Like, whatever happened to just being fishermen and caring about all, not, you know, caring about all the species? Now, I'm not trying to have a kumbaya moment. Yeah, because the bass guys are the same guys ramming pliers through the head of snake uh, through the head of a snakehead. Right. You know, they're right. the same guys that are throwing the pickerel forty feet from the boat because they don't want to catch it. Right. So you can't play uh, you know random victim when when your species is the one targeted by someone else protecting their own. Right. You know. So give yeah. this guy a little bit of a break. It's one lake that they're trying to protect. It's not the whole damn state. Yeah. Well, many would disagree with that. Many many uh, people that I know from Maine say that the. The DNR or the fisheries people up there, they've got it out for the smallmouth. They want to eradicate them right out of the state. And, um, you know, people feel that way, uh, that live there and fish there. So, you know, they're, yeah. You know, people say that this is not just protecting the species. This is a vendetta well, hey, against, well, th- against that black l- bass. L- let me tell you this, and you'll, you'll agree with this. There's one thing we avoided talking about, which is politics and money. Which always play into these things. Always. Unfortunately, they play into it. Right? So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm assuming, like Jersey, right, a lot of the, the money and the politics behind the fisheries is trout. It's cold water species. Same way here in Jersey. You know, most of yeah. our license money, when we buy that license every year, do you think it's gone to, to, to warm water species? It's gone to raising bass, rearing bass habitat? I'd say a minority of it's gone to that. A majority of it's gone to stocking trout, put-and-take program. It's the same up there. You know, you've got the money. The money in Maine is behind trout. It's behind salmon. It's behind the money species. Bass is just a shit fish. They don't care about bass. So it's politics and money. It's like everything else in life. That's what's going on. We didn't even talk about it, but I'm sure that's what's going on up there. And I'm curious to see those numbers because as as the popularity of bass has swelled over the last 20 years, you know, at 20, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, 
nobody even bass fishing wasn't even on the radar. Right. Right. Now we have, we're 40 million enthusiasts uh, fishing for bass right now. Yep. It's the most popular. And we've got five or six of them watching the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's the you most popular freshwater fish to fish for. You know. Hey, real quick, I uh, money's got to be changing. I jotted down some notes here. Um, According to the Invasive Species Specialist Group, a branch of the World Conservation Union, the largemouth bass is on its list of 100 of the world's worst invasive alien species. (laughs) Alien? Alien. For example, other species on that list include the zebra mussel. Zebra mussel. The black rat. Black rat. Fire ant. Fire (laughs) ant. I hate the fire ant, by the way. They're gnarly, man. Uh, The Asian tiger mosquito. (laughs) Zanzari. Gypsy moth. (laughs) Avian malaria. I guess that's an animal. Uh, European starling. (laughs) What the hell? Uh, The feral pig, the common carp, and the house cat. I totally believe the house cat should be on there. Not a cat person. But just saying, uh, you know, a lot of people view bass like we view snakeheads and carp. Yeah. So. I I think gonorrhea should be on that list. I agree. <laughs> hey, how about we play the uh, the Hunter Shryock video? I run out, put my windows up. Yeah. We all get beer. All right. It's, Rumor has it it's raining. Are we cool with that, Mike? Yes. Yes. All right. So without further ado, and let me tell you, by the way, uh, we're going to play this video this is the world premiere, by the way. We're going to take a small break and hang with us because the show is really going to change after this video. And it's going to become the fan fest. It's really going to become interactive. We're going to get that 1-800 number up there, that toll-free number. Uh, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you about anything, including the smallmouth murdering incident. Uh, but without further ado, the world premiere, the Hunter Shyrock. Video shot Toledo Ben iked up. Let it roll. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Yeah. The life of a gypsy. The life of a gypsy. If you look, this technique right here is how I usually pack. See that? It's good. right here this is a scrape this is what i call scrape we're on a scrape i know the line now right there see that line right there i just made that's my scrape line right there there it goes i just got a scrape line i got my scrape line here god this is uncut this is unbelievable oh
the life of a gyp. There, see that line right there I just made? That's my scrape line right there. Toledo Bend. There it was, folks. That was the premiere of 496 Films, uh, Hunter Shyrock's uh, production company. Iked, uh, Iked up video shot on Toledo Bend. What do you think, Pete? You saw it? Scrape. Scrape. See that scrape of spots that we caught? That's a scrape. Whatever. What's a scrape? A scrape. Do you know the terminology scrape? Not it. A scrape is when you get on like a school of fish and you get like there's one cast that makes those fish bite, and you could just get them going. You know, it's a scrape. You're on a scrape, you know? And a lot of times in tournaments, when you're fishing a buddy tournament, you know, you got, you've got got ten rods rigged. Throw out there, catch one, put them in the boat. Your partner throws out there, catch one. And then you just, once you hook them, you drop them, and they're flopping around the bottom of the boat. You cast again, cast again. You get a limit in five casts before, before they de-fire, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a scrape. 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 It happens it's all the time. It's an unknown term. It is an unknown term. Add, but you know what else is an unknown term? Not anymore. Is the hair jig. Hair jig? That was huge in Kentucky Lake. It was huge. A lot of, a big player. Did you, did you use it? I did use it. I caught a few in practice on it, but it didn't didn't pan out for me. Nothing panned out for me in the tournament. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear all the guys that, you know, the ledge fishermen, you know, they've been doing this for years and years. We're frustrated by all the uh, bass coverage of the guys in the top five all 
you know, all doing that ledge yeah. fishing with the hair jig where you crank it up yes. five, ten feet, yes. just free fall it. Yeah. You know, it's been going on for 20 years. It has. You know, but it's kind of been an insider's deal. Right. And, uh, you know, but not anymore. Yeah. Well, TV does that. Exposes yeah. what, what guys are really using. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. You know, I remember way back in the day using those time. I remember Davey Height was uh, one of Bassmasters on Ufala. You remember that one? I kind of remember that one, yeah. It might have been the year before you got yeah. there or, or just after you Yeah. Did, I Did he use a hair jig? Yeah. How about yeah, that? It was a big thing, man. We were all, I, I, I didn't have them. Yeah. 90% of us didn't have them. At that time, there was no internet. You know what I mean? It was yeah. a really insider's deal. And, wow. uh, you know, uh, I remember Bobby Pageant, uh, well known as, you know, one of one of the guys that had some of the most early success fishing. The preacher jig like was that. a Bobby Pageant jig, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And that's what, that's what Davey used. How about that? I use Andy's gospel jig, by the way. Gospel jig? Yeah. He makes, preacher, he makes, gospel? Yep. You know, he makes the best hair jigs. Take it! <laughs> You gonna take, take it? Oh, take it! Take it! <laughs> you want a hair jig? Take it! Take it! Pete hasn't seen Take It yet. You haven't seen Take It? What is Brian it? Take put, it. Well, he put you on the group text. If you ever looked at him, you would have saw you on the YouTube group text about two days ago. Take it. Right. Let's. Uh, while we're on the subject of hair jigs, uh, let's ask our guest on the casting couch what he thinks about hair jigs. Uh, Brian, you want to get a focus on on our guest on the casting couch? Uh, how do you feel uh, about the, the hair jig, the preacher jig, or the gospel jig, or the take it jig? Huh? I can't hear you back. Still can't hear you. Why are you not put me on? Okay, now you're on. <laughs> the, the, your your guest on the couch really feels for the uh, bass that were taken out in Maine because he feels like his friends and himself are taken out yearly. Could you could feel like that? He's he's just very quiet tonight. He's very very somber. All right, this is getting lame. Let's get to the best worst stories. All right, let's get to the best worst stories. Uh, so we do we want to start? Let, let's go ahead and start. Let me remind you that uh, we're, we want to hear from you. The rest of the show we're dedicating to the fans, uh, and we've got a toll free number listed on the bottom of the screen. Right there. It's uh, 855-498-0691. Um, we want to hear from you. We want to hear some of your best, worst fishing stories, your worst day fishing. We want to hear from you. Uh, and we're going to be selecting a grand prize at the end of the show. You know, the other thing, too, is uh, we want to hear from you in general. Uh, we want to hear what you think about the smallmouth uh, murder incident. We want to hear from you about uh, any of the things we talked about tonight. Um, so give a call in, and uh, and and we're ready. Uh, caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? My name is uh, Ryan Myers. I'm calling from St. Albans, Vermont. Hi, Ryan. How you doing tonight? Good. You? Good. Good. Do you have a but, best worst story for us, or did you want to comment? Uh, I've got a, I've got a story about this morning's uh, fishing trip. Actually. Okay, we want to hear so, it. So uh, I. Uh, I fish Champlain, that's my home lake, um, and of course there's a lot of stuff going on right now with the, the escapees, so uh, I'm out on a on a shoal this morning about 6.30, and I see these two boats ripping towards me, I mean like full bore coming right for me, and they 
they're not slowing down the closer they get. They're still not slowing down. Like, what the hell's going on? So uh, finally, they get close enough, and I can tell one's a game warden and one's a, a state police. And they came, I mean, full bore, right in up on me. Like, I had an escaped convict with me. So uh, they come aboard, or they come alongside on both both sides of me. And uh, they asked for my information, all that. They made me open every single hatch in my boat. Like I was hiding a escapee in my live well or something. Wow. And then uh, they stopped. They uh, After that, they, uh, they both went on each other's boat. And they were whispering back and forth, da-da-da-da-da. They came back and they said, uh, well, have you guys... Uh, have you guys seen any uh, weird, suspicious activity? No, no. So they uh, they moored us up, like right there. They tied us alongside. They got on their cell phone or whatever. I don't even know what the hell was going on. And uh, after like 15 minutes, they finally been checking us in and out, left and right. They finally let us go. And we went on our merry way, but it was pretty weird. Wow. That's a heck of a story. Now, were you alone or were you with somebody? No, no, I was with somebody. I was actually me and my daughter. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. She's six years old. It's not like uh, I'm going to be out fishing with an escaped convict at six right. years old. Right, and you guys didn't have the fluorescent orange jumpsuits on, I'm assuming. No, no. <laughs> These guys no, have street We didn't clothes. have black and white or orange. Wow, that's that's yeah, crazy. It was pretty crazy. What part of Lake Champlain did this happen on? The northern part? Yep, yep. St. Albans Bay. It's St. Just, Albans. Uh, yeah, it's just south of uh, Mississippi Bay. Yeah. Wow, like so that's a crazy area. story. So they, they must yeah. have got a tip that that those uh, those escapees must have been in the area. I can only imagine. I have, I have no clue. It was pretty wild, though. I've never had. I've been fishing that lake all my life, but I've never had. Just to put some things in context, these guys have been on the run for over a week. Yeah, yeah they're, they're not going in to, the area. They're going to start getting more desperate, and. Yeah. I mean, 15 minutes to detain someone with a child that you know they're not on the boat. They have to, if they're they're afraid of these guys getting into Canada by water, right? You know, and they're afraid of them taking someone, you know, some hostage, so to speak. Like they right. have to at least make sure that someone's not hiding where they can't see them, making this guy be like, oh, everything's fine here, right? You know, like they they're closing in on these guys. Yeah, but well, I mean, a bass boat. How well, you, I mean, you're gonna, you're not gonna hide somebody in your rod lockers. I, I don't know. I I could lay down in my rod lockers. Yeah, but they're that, that's all they've got. They're on the water and they've got nothing better to do but pretend there's people hiding in bass boats. Yeah, I don't know about yeah. that, Bry. No. Call caller. Do you, do you resemble either one of the uh, escapees? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not now, at are, all. Are, are you sure one of the guys that that one of the boats that approached you wasn't Larry Farrington from Maine trying to kill smallmouth? Yeah, it, it was very well good. But, hey, <laughs> smallmouth in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get them out. Let me see them. <laughs> We're going to feed the children with them. Hey, man, thanks for the call. That was a great story. That is. Thank appreciate you, guys. Take care. Appreciate it. Take it easy. Yeah. Man, what a wild right. day. Bye-bye. What would you do, Pete, if you were approaching? I mean, 
What the I, heck would you do? I, comply. Yeah, you just but those those guys in Vermont are serious. They're man. serious. You do not mess around with I the got, Vermont DNR. I gotta tell you, in in Massasoit Bay, I've I've had guys that have checked me in a three day tournament every day. Yep. They've come That's up to me funny. every day. The same boat, the same guy comes up and checks my license again. Checks everything again. I mean, come I, on. I you checked had, me once. Why? Nothing has changed in yeah, the last Yeah, those, those Vermont fish and game guys are. I had to buy. I had diligent. to buy two Vermont licenses inside of two hours. Ooh. To satisfy uh, the Vermont DNR, I used my smartphone to purchase a online license. Yeah. And the officer would not look at my phone Ugh. for confirmation. He says, "Nope." You have to have a paper signed license. See that back? That's it. That's the law. And that very well may be the law, but why do you allow me to buy it online? Yeah. If I'm if it's not a, a legal deal. Yeah. And any, anyway, he he refused to look at my phone. Wow. He refused to look at it. Said you need to have a paper license signed. I said, well, what do I do now? And he goes, well, you got to go get a license. So I had to stop. I'd been fishing for two hours. I yeah, stopped, that's ridiculous. Go on the bank. Uh, you know, trailer up, go buy a paper license. So I bought, I bought it twice in inside of two hours. Oh my that, god! But they're 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 notoriously uh, they're, they're tough. They, they have no sense of humor. No, no they're, they're tough. tough. They need more crime up there, so they take life a little bit more you know serious. They right. do or less serious. Yeah. I, I I'm afraid that they might be listening to this, and I don't now care. I'm gonna have to buy three licenses. Yeah. Three, <laughs> a triple I next hate you time. All so much. <laughs> well, if you start wearing them on, you know, supposed to pin them on the back of your hat, you'll just have like a big, it'll be like a big tail. Like that used to be in style in high school. It'd be yeah. a tail in the yeah. back. It was in style for Stockholm up until about 2000. Up until last week. <laughs> Shit. Shoot. And, uh, all right. Now let me remind you, we got a, we got a toll-free number up here. Uh, call us. Let us know. We want to hear your best, worst fishing story. Uh, we got another caller line. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Caller, what's your name? Where you call from? Caller, what's your name? Where you call from? Uh, oh. <laughs> First crank call of the night. Thank you for that. Uh, I did tell people to call crank call and, and breathe heavy. That might have been the first one. I got I got reminded. Um, I got texted on a, a reminder of a crazy another another crazy story where I uh, my fishing trip caused my uh, girlfriend at the time to break up with me. Wow, that's 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 a bad fishing day. That is a bad fishing day. The uh, we uh, we're fishing a sand wash down here in South Jersey. You know, sand washer we call them sand washes where they mine sand, make concrete, pit. strip pit. Yeah, strip yeah. pit. And uh, quarry. they're the quarry. They're you know they're it's sandy. So I we got access to it. I launched my boat. My boat was about a thousand pound boat. Had little bitty tires on it. And uh, at the and an old two wheel drive, three on, or three on the tree old pickup truck launching this thing, and uh, pull up to the we we find a, a, a no ramp right we find a suitable access point, back down nice and easy right in the water, fish all day we're there early fish all day like like we we do, and at night we're putting on the trailer getting back up the hill <laughs> was a whole nother story right it's all sand. And uh, we had to find two-by-sixes, put them onto the trailer tires, 100 feet of rope, get the truck on top of the hill. We're yeah. using levers and all kinds of crazy stuff. We're, we're sweating. We're th- it's it's got to be like 10, 11 o'clock at night. It's, it, we're exhausted. 
I come home from the fishing trip only to be accused of cheating. <laughs> because no, no, because you had sand in your pants. Because nobody leaves the house at four o'clock in the morning yeah. and comes home at eleven o'clock at night going fishing. You're right. up, you're up to something. Wow, yep. that's an interesting story. I was going to relate. Um, I remember a similar thing back in the day at the DOD. Uh-huh. The DOD, uh-huh. uh, you know, DOD's down there near Pennsville. Yeah, Pens Grove. Pens Grove. Right? Yeah, and it's uh. You know, it's kind of a sand wash, but it's got a little access to the Delaware. It's a great place. And Brian, the carpenter, a.k.a. Uh, Spock, a.k.a. Ding Dong, he <laughs> he had a truck back then. Remember that Ford he had? What? He had a giant Ford. I had not a Ranger. A, big, it was a, a Ranger. With yeah, 39 not a big, and a half inch Super Swamp. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A little Dude. Ford Ranger with giant. giant it was a monster cars. truck. Yeah. But it yes. had no power. had no balls no to balls. it. No balls. But you buried that thing. Buried I, it. Dude, I remember it at the DOD. You buried it, like, up to the door. Oh, yeah. With those giant tires and a 20-inch lift or Gone. whatever it had. Gone. And how did you get that out of there? Backhoe uh, had to backhoe, come in. Backhoe. The backhoe dropped down and got stuck in the mud. He actually had to walk it with across with his, you know, with his shovel and uh, equipment. It's crazy. So yeah. what we didn't realize what we were going through is a lot of that stuff we were driving through were the spoils for when they were dredging the river. Greasy mud. They'd throw that spoils right in there. Mm. And he drove through it. Done. Caller on the line, Mike. Uh, Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? I'm Chad from Nebraska. Hi there. How you doing tonight? I'm great. Good to talk to you, Ike. Good to talk to you. What do you got? You got a you got a best worst story for us? You want to comment on something? I got a, I got a pretty horror story. It's 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 all right. All right. It was a couple couple years ago. Well, it's been back in like 2012. Me and my best buddy, we were we go fishing like five nights a week during the work week, and and this one night we were out there fishing. It was probably about March. Kind of cold, and as the sun was going down, he, my buddy caught about a six pound bass and. I hadn't got a bite all night, and uh, we forgot the phone to take a picture, and he put it back in the water, and I was, I was making fun of him, like, you know, I didn't see anything, and he's like, yeah, right, that was a big one, I was like, no, nah, that was a tiny one, I'm not saying nothing to nobody, you didn't catch nothing, and I was, I was talking shit, and I leaned back in my seat, we're on a John boat, and I leaned back in my seat. And the seat came loose, and I went backwards into the water. And the water is probably about 40 degrees. Oh, wow. Went backwards into the water, did a roll, come back out. I lost my, lost my. I, I had about a 300 rod and reel combination that was in my hands at the time, and it went in the water. Come back out, and I got back up in the boat and sat down, got the seat back, and one of the screws came loose under the seat, and. Uh, I felt something going on with my neck, and I couldn't turn my head, and I was wet, and it was freezing out. Sun was going down. I'm, I'm just like shocked and cold. So we get back, we get back, load the boat up, and I just could not move my neck at all. Like I spent all night, I could not sleep all night, and uh, so I went to the doctor the next morning, and they took X-rays. I popped a vertebrae up, and so I ended up. Uh, having a cast put on and a couple weeks later ended up losing my job because the nurse didn't send in the doctor's note oh my god <laughs> so i lost my job and i went broke for a couple weeks but my buddy that i was with he felt pretty bad and so he got me hooked up with uh 
with a with a job that from the lady down the street and I do construction work also and so I went and worked on her house and a few weeks later later I got an addition to build and I've been in business ever since on my own but uh so it kind of worked out for the best but wow that was one of my horror stories you had, you had a chance at winning until the end <laughs> I know yeah, I know I shouldn't have been I shouldn't have been running my mouth <laughs> Mike what do you yeah. think Cons- yeah. consolation I think I yes. think that's a prize I think that's a prize I mean that's no, a, I mean, he has to earn the consolation prize you remember. have to earn the con- oh there's is there another question all right, so Chad. What's that? Okay, hey, Chad. We're, we're gonna Chad. We're gonna give you a chance. I think you deserve a prize regardless, but we're gonna give you a chance to win a consolation prize, consolation. which tonight happens to be an autographed hat. Go ahead, Dave. What do you got? Oh, so Chad, yeah. we have a new segment, and they are scenario situations. And there's going to be two potential questions. One would be, what would Pete? Do, what would Pete do? And the other would be, what would Ike do? And okay. they are hypothetical. Scenarios that may or may not have happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, funny. That's funny. Do you want to give him a choice, or yeah? What would you rather do? Would you rather do Ike or Pete? Uh, I've been watching Ike a lot more than Pete, so I'll do Ike. All right. Scenario situation: You're Mike Iaconelli, and you're walking in the Pine Barrens with your good friend, or the Poconos, and. You, as Mike Iaconelli, see a massive swarm of bees coming out of an old tree stump. <laughs> okay. Did you, A, say, Brian, let's get the fuck out of here. There's a bunch of bees. <laughs> or did you, B, just split? Sprint without telling your best friend that the impending doom was on its way. <laughs> and leave him there to die. And leave him there to get oh. about a thousand stings. What, 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 what did you do? Uh, I don't see Ike doing that. I'd go with A. Yeah, well, you're wrong. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, do you care to tell the story? I even Brian warned you. Go ahead, you Mike. You tell the story. You watched it happen. All right, I gotta tell you, it's a little sad. It's a little sabotage the way you set it up, yeah. <laughs> because this is an actual scenario. Let, let me let me preface it by saying we were trout fishing. It's nice that we had Larry on. Yeah, today. how about that? We were fishing for trout in the Pocono Mountains. We we climbed the face of a of a of a bluff cliff, and we were going to see if we could jump in the deep pool below the waterfall from this this top of this cliff, and you know so we just put our rods down. It was a hot day. We climbed all the way up there, and we get up there and we're kind of looking down at it, kind of debating on whether this is safe to make this jump. It's probably 50 feet at, at a minimum, and um, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden. I, like, feel something, like, crawling around in my head. And I have a hat on. I feel something crawling around my head. And I grab it, and I kind of have it in my hand. And from there, it became slow motion. And I opened up my hand, and it was a, it was a yellow jacket. And I and we were I kind of like looked at it and looked at Brian and kind of laughed at first. We like, both laughed. Yeah, we both laughed. Like, uh, uh. And then all of a sudden, I just, I just kind of heard, and I felt one get me. Someone got me somewhere, and wow. and I just my instinct was to just take off. Just, I just knew all of a sudden the the, the noise 
and the one that stung me, I knew something bad was about to happen. So I just took off. But you knew. You saw the, the you saw the yellow jacket. In my I was hand. I was one I was one spot behind you on the trail out. You were out of one there. spot behind me. And I think like the chick that dies in the movie. I think I slipped when we when I went to run because <laughs> it was a slight incline. It was like muddy, and I yes. think I slipped. It's all it took, dude. Wow. They were on me. And you, you remember 20-something beast things? Oh, you you were loaded with them. Tell what happened when you got to the bottom with him. Uh, you, uh, here's what I remember. I don't remember the bottom. I remember, dude, you were a mess. I remember on the way home. I don't remember what happened at the bottom. I remember on the drive home, he was so swollen, and he was like a mummy. He couldn't even move. Oh, man. But I was still picking yellow jackets out of his Brillo pad hair yeah. the entire oh. way home. For, yeah. hour, for an hour drive home, I was picking him out of his hair. I remember hearing that you ran and was hiding in that water. I did. And when Brian finally got down to the water, it was like an old western where he gets shot and he staggers into the horse bucket, you know, and falls into the horse yeah, bucket. I did. Like, yeah, he like, just like, uh, and like fell in the water. <laughs> and he had so many holes in it from yeah, the stink. Yeah, The water was just bubbling Look, out he didn't fucking die, man. Wow. That's yeah, a I true did. story. I did. Uh, Chad, Chad, thank you for the call. Hang on. Uh, we're yes, going to get your information. We're going to give you the consolation prize All anyway. Right. So All hang, right. I appreciate hang that. Hang on the line. We're gonna get your information. Uh, thanks for calling, man. That was a great yep. story. That really happened. Yeah. That really happened. How did what what happened, Brian? Did you have to spend time in the hospital? No, don't go we to can't the hospital, hear you. Man. No, we he took it like a man. Yeah, really? it was an hour and a half ride home too. Hour and a half ride home. Stung the hell up. You were twenty numb. something bee stings and oh, me. you were swollen and numb. I felt sick. <laughs> yeah, he got poisoned, dude. He felt sick. <laughs> Dude, oh, a guy, a guy just died in Texas. Uh, start up a, a hive of the African bees. A killer bees. I wanted some grass. Yeah. Bumped the wall. Yeah. And they killed him, man. Killer bees. Yeah. Yeah. Lot down there. Yeah. Lot down there. I had, I actually had a, um, the year that I won the Federation National down in Shreveport. It was the second day of the tournament. I had a killer bee swarm sighting during the competition day. It was, uh, I had a camera crew on me, and I'm, I'm in uh, pool five. And, and flipping and uh, you know flipping these trees, swimming a jig, and I and the same thing. I just I hear I hear this this noise, this this thing coming, and like, and I'm telling you, dude, I looked up and and gone coming at me, gone right above me, probably ten foot above me, was a million freaking bees, a million. It like blacked out the sky. It was like a huge swarm bird. You ever see those flock of blackbirds mm-hmm. in the fall? That's what it looked like, but it was Amazing. bees. And, dude, I freaked out. My partner with me freaked out. We gra- went on the bottom of the boat, and they just kept going. This huge swarm, like, you know, 30, 40 seconds of just bees. Zzz, the camera guy all got down, and they just kept going over our heads. Wow. They may and actually, that was in Shreveport. They may actually be the savior to bees themselves, those African ones. Because the European bee is suffering from viruses and, like, a mite that gets on it. Uh-huh. They're wiped out. Like, there's very few... Natural hives in the Northeast. Most of everything's that? pollinated by beekeepers, but they're crossbreeding them with the uh, with the Africanized ones that are much more resilient. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. How about that? How about that? Uh, caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Stephen Scruggs. Hi, Stephen. How you doing tonight? Uh, yeah, calling from uh, Rockville, South Carolina. Awesome. Awesome. Do you have a best worst story for us? Or you want to comment on something? Uh, it's a it's a pretty bad not not really horrible fishing story. Uh, me and uh, two buddies were out fishing uh, Lake Watery, uh, first time out there on the lake, 
uh, going pretty much catfishing and uh, not having a lot of luck and uh, ended up uh, kind of going say screw it for the uh, bass fishing when, or catfishing with bass fishing and uh, buddy of mine uh, made a perfect cast on a log uh, laid down log with a with a spinner bait, uh, chartreuse spinner bait, and um, got a good probably six seven pound bass. And uh, I got excited, so I would grab the uh, <laughs> grab the net. And um, instead of going low with the net, I went high, knocked his rod, and um, knocked the fish off. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah. Was, what, what, made it, what made it great was uh, the whole time after it happened, uh, he uh, he was saying, "Oh, it's cool, truck, cool, cool. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Cool, cool. Don't worry about it." <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Steve, you you failed to net your buddy's fish, and and you failed to win a prize. <laughs> <laughs> that's an awesome story, though. Uh, <laughs> Hey, thanks, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Thanks for the call, Steve. <laughs> that was funny. Oh, man. That was funny. That was funny. I, I've had a lot. Of, I've got to tell you, though, I've had some co-anglers over the years absolutely axe fish. And and when it happens, you always wonder if it's on purpose or not, you know? Because some of them were such bad botch jobs that your mind is like, there's no way you're that stupid. To try to net a fish like that, yeah, you know, you, know mm-hmm. you got to tell your guy what to do with the net too. You can't just rely on him to know. You can't rely on him to wait for the head to start walking a little bit to scoop. Right. Him, you know. Well, sometimes you you think you can, and sometimes you shouldn't. So, like, if you have a co angler, and he gets in the boat and he looks green, absolutely, you should have that conversation. If you he backs should. your boat in the first shot, he's going to net your right. fish. But let you got to back it in because he can't, dude. Don't. But let me give you let me, and this is a true story. Let me dig in the crates here. And give you a true story. Uh, back in the the histories of the TTBC, Texas Toyota Bass Classic, when it was a team event, um, I want to say Lake the last year it was a team event on Lake Fork. I drew. Uh, you had four guys to a team, and on my team that year was Danny Correa, Randy Howe, Cliff Pace, and me. That was our team, and I found a couple little sweet spots cranking. And and it was amazing. And, you know, it put us in the final cut of uh, one of the teams. And I fished with uh, Danny Correa the first day. And the second day, this is back when it was a two-day tournament, I ended up fishing with Cliff Pace. And we got to the first place. And, you know, we're fishing as a team. And I caught him. And I was cranking. And I just had confidence. I had the right bait. I knew the, I knew the line. And I caught him. And I caught him. And he's doing a lot of netting. But, you know, this is a team event, and we're trying to win $150,000 here. And by the time we got to my second stop, he hadn't caught one yet. So I fire out there, and I get one about four and a half pounds on, and I'm bringing it in. And I swear to you, he jabbed at that fish to knock it off. (laughs) And I said something to him, and he mouthed back at me. But we're on the same team. Uh, But after that one... I netted my own fish. Really? Because oh I was sure yeah. that Cliff Pace knocked my fish out off on purpose. And we're fishing as a team. 
I promise you. Wow. So it does happen. Wow. Game face, huh? Game Conspiracy. face. Well, yeah, I'm just telling you what happened. I'm telling you true stories <laughs> on Ike Live. We got a game face. I'm being real. No matter who no matter who doesn't want to come on the show, I'm being real. Hey. Brian, do we have a caller or not? Yes, we do. All right. Caller, what's your name? Where are you call from? Hey, my name is Jeff. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Jeff. How you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys doing there? We're doing great. Do you have a best worst story? Or you have a comment for us tonight? I got I got a story for you. Okay. Uh, quick story. I one night I was fishing a small farm pond out in uh, Laurel, Pennsylvania. It used to be my residence. Brought my tackle box. Brought a six pack of Budweiser. Going fishing. I hear something uh, rustling over by my tackle box. Click my flashlight on. Turn towards the tackle box. And I see. Uh, a little raccoon peek his head up over my tackle box. Uh, now I have my open Budweiser sitting on top of my tackle box, and I swear to you, this raccoon looks at me, looks at the Budweiser with both of his raccoon hands or paws or whatever they got, grabs it, picks it up, takes a sip, and sets it back down on my tackle box. <laughs> wow! And it, scurried, and it scurried back off into the woods like he had done it before. Wow! That's amazing! Now, that, that sounds like a best story, not a worst, but the bad part is it was my last beer. Wow! <laughs> Abuse. So, Abuse! So what did you do? Did you finish the beer? Well, it was my last one. I had to, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Man, I, I've always heard raccoons are very ingenuitive like that. You know, they're they're, they're smart creatures. I could see that happening. <laughs> well, yeah, really I couldn't, smart, couldn't believe my eyes. He would have used one arm to grab the beer <laughs> and then... Take it, and with him. took it with it. He wasn't that smart. He said he grabbed it with his little raccoon hands. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story. I, I believe, I like Dave. I believe that's a ca- another candidate for a second second part question. Okay, so Jeff, here's where we're at. I don't know if you had listened earlier, but we have a new segment for guys that just don't quite get it with their story. We're going to give you a second chance, and it's called "What Would Pete Do" or "What Would Mike Do," and I'll give you a choice. Which one do you want? Uh, I was listening earlier. Um, I'm going to go with Pete just because the last question was for Ike. Yeah, (laughs) Pete. All right. Again, these are hypothetical situations or not, and you be the judge. (laughs) So you're Pete Glusek, and you are guiding, because Pete's a guide, a well-known, well-renowned guide. (laughs) Well-traveled. And you're you're guiding on the upper Susquehanna River, and you're with your client, and you notice a field of about 200 dead belly-up smallmouth <laughs> with both male and female sex organs. Do you, A, say to your customer, we need to call the EPA right now and report this, or do you, B, say, wow, this place is so fertile it can just spare 200 fish? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was waiting for Larry to jump into that story. <laughs> I was waiting for an option C, and I was going to go with that when I heard Larry's name come up. <laughs> what do you got? I'm going to say he probably looked the other way on it. Pete? Pete? Yeah, I'd be looking the other way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have a winner! We have a winner. Wow! There it is. Jeff from Chicago. From Chicago. And the prize for that, let's let's dig into the pile. We've got a long-sleeve white 
Rapala t-shirt. What's wow? I love this. That's a great shirt. Ask him what size he is. What if he's a huge dude? You might want. Well, to get yeah. Him what the size other are you? I think this is. I think they're all. What what size are you? I'm a large. A large. Okay. We'll go. We, this is an extra large, but we'll dig a large out for you. Stay on the line. Are we signing this? It, we'll, we'll sign it too. We'll sign everything tonight. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely sign it. I'll put well, that thing up on the wall. Hey, no, so he's getting the. She's got. Is anyone keeping track of who's getting what? Uh, this is Becky's job. Becky, you're supposed to be t- Becky. Uh, keeping track of this. I got it. No, no. no you know I, I, don't, I don't do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Stay stay on the line. We're going to get your information and get you that Rappel shirt. Thanks for the call. That was awesome. a great one. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Have a good night. Great story. You too. Man, that was a good story with yeah. the coon. Do you believe that or do <laughs> you think that was made up? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe he didn't want to. Maybe he was uh, I, on something else. I, I got to tell you, this just happened, and I can get a verification from Becky on this. Now, this is, a, this is another one of those stories that's tech borderline unbelievable but this happened okay we're at the philadelphia zoo last fall uh, becky and i and estelle in vegas go to the philadelphia zoo we're going around we're looking at animals we're having a great day and we stop to get an, to get something to eat at one of the concession little stands and it's inside like a little atrium and we go in there, and we order some food. And about the same time, either Vegas is having a meltdown or somebody has to go to the bathroom or whatever. So Becky takes the kids out. And so I'm sitting there by myself looking out at this atrium. And I see uh, this older lady, an elderly lady, and she's um, got a walker, and she's with somebody. She's with, like, a caretaker. But he's, like, off doing something else. And all of a sudden, I see this lady pull out a cigarette. She pulls out a cigarette, takes it out, lights it up, and starts smoking it. And, okay, so that's the first thing that struck me about this. I'm watching. I'm like, God, I'm like, this is the Philadelphia Zoo. Like, you can't, like, you can't smoke here. Like, I'm like, I'm watching this. I'm like, this is unbelievable. And she's standing around a guardrail around this pond that's there. (laughs) And she's smoking it smoking it and about the same time I'm looking and there's these ducks coming up ducks and geese coming up next to her and she takes a drag and she puts the cigarette down and a goose comes up and takes the cigarette right out of her fingers and I swear it has the cigarette in the goose's mouth like for like 30 and I'm looking around like oh please somebody else see this and nobody else sees it and I take this mental picture I'm like oh my god this shit's happening this goose is smoking a cigarette in the Philadelphia Zoo and the goose drops it and then and I see her kind of like Laugh, laugh, and then the caretaker comes back, and that was it. Becky comes back with the kids, and that was it. Wow. I swear that happened. I saw a goose smoke a cigarette at the Philadelphia Zoo. That's beautiful. That's a true story. But that's the kind of thing. It could happen. The raccoon thing could be After true. After the next caller, I got a good me and Stockle story. About a raccoon or a goose? Nah, dude, neither. Okay. Well, we have that next caller. We do. Caller, what's your name? Where you call from? It's Mike from Monmouth County, New Jersey. Hey, Mike. Jersey in the house. How you doing tonight? Jersey boy. What's going on, guys? Oh, nothing. You got, Do you have a best worst story for us, or do you have a comment? Uh, I, you know, I don't know how much my stories are best worst, and, and unfortunately my worst stories probably wouldn't even be, uh, be good enough for the After Hours segment. They're so bad. <laughs> but I do have a Kevin Van Dam story. Oh, KB this We want to hear this it. this goes back to 2010, Las Vegas, the iCast show. 
uh, we were hanging out, you and I, uh, Mike, uh, Ish, Brian Brooks. We uh, we hung out a couple nights, went to some clubs. The last night, if I'm not mistaken, Byron Velvet threw a, a big party down at the Wynn. It was at the Encore uh, Motel, or the Encore was the uh, the Wynn Hotel. I think the name of the club was Trist. So here's the uh, you know here's a pool party. There's there's scantily clad women everywhere. You know, and here's the top top guys in bass fishing all over the place. So I get into this party with Brian Brooks, and of course I don't want to look like too much of a clown rubbing up, you know, trying to uh, to be a super fan. So I'm standing next to Van Dam, you know, basically shoulder to shoulder drinking, uh, I think a Jack Coke or something. And a couple women walk through this party, and one of them recognizes Van Dam, goes over to him, puts her arm around him. Once her picture taken, it's in that. So Van Dam, of course, not to you know miss an opportunity with a fan, takes the picture with him. In no less than a minute, Mrs. Van Dam came over, grabbed Kevin by his arm, and he was out of that party going for the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Close, dude. Wow. So, so now, no matter how many class, classics you win, you cannot escape your wife. That's the well, bottom line. I, I got to tell you something. For all you listening that through the whole story thought that might be unbelievable at the very end when you told me Sherry grabbed him and took him out of the room it became believable because that's something she would do <laughs> definitely but she was doing some you know it, it, Ish was walking around that party that night trying to pick his tongue up off the floor and he was in the uh, <laughs> in the little auxiliary uh, you know pulled off to the side with some of these bikini broads there was NBA players in there it was it was every bit of Vegas nightlife at its finest, but uh, but Van Dam got towed right out of there. Wow, that's again. a that's a great story. No, there were no lucky cookies that night. Beck, the, no, I think no that's, lucky cookies. No, Beck, yeah, that's I know the, that night. That is the night. That's the night we got remarried. You, you know what? You you know that night though. But I think you might have, uh, if I'm not mistaken, renewed your wedding vows. You were kind of on lockdown in your own way in the corner with Becky. That's right. That's right. I was on lockdown. That's because yeah. I was pregnant. Nobody knew, so I had to drink soda and stare at all these drugs. That's uh, right. I, I I do remember. That very well that year. But, yeah, she she uh, was, was with a, child, and I'm a she, child. She was with child, and I and I remember you begging the one night to come out with us on the town. She she, uh, she let you out. You were you were second guessing your decision all night if you were going to have a Van Dam uh, payment at the end of the evening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have that personality. Do I have that personality, bro? <laughs> oh, do you? Well, I, I couldn't hear. What was that? Oh, oh no, yeah, no. But that was because I knew I was going to be screwed with cleanup, and I was pissed at him. There you go. up. That's true. That was that's, a different story. That's true. That's a great story, and I remember. I remember that night, Beck. That was a that yeah. Was a, it, was, it was a good night. It that was, was a good a, experience. The, the final year, I almost missed my plane because uh, I had the genius idea of staying out all night and uh, and getting drunk till five thirty. My wife, you know, the voice of reason, wanted to go back to the hotel and sleep. We wake up a, an hour before our flights had to take off, and I remember giving the taxi driver fifty dollars when he picked us up at the hotel and said. I'll give you another 50 if you get us to the airport on time to make her flight. The whole way to the airport, she's threatening to divorce me and everything else. We managed to get on the plane with about two minutes to spare. She didn't talk to me the entire flight back to Philadelphia. So. Uh, that's that's awesome. And that's fact, called good you, times. You know what? It is good times. You, good know what's, times. you know what's funny about that night? Isn't that the same night? So didn't like a year later, like Byron was mad at us because he was like, oh, you should have paid me for that because that night was for you. For your wedding, that's the same night. Remember? That was the, that was the same night. And that, yeah. If I remember correctly, that was an expensive night. To that have was an expensive night. But Byron got all mad at me because he wanted me to pay for everything. But it wasn't about our wedding. It wasn't about our vow renewal. There were like story. a million Let's people there. <laughs> By, Byron still had a strong pimp hand back then. Oh I think he was trying to work it. 
Yeah, I don't know how much the bill was. I don't know how much. I, I could see it being I, a lot. I, I, I remember it was several thousand dollars, but I'm not going to throw the exact number out there from what I remember here floating around. There was a donation up in the corner that wasn't even put a dent into what the overall bill <laughs> All I know is I wanted to go back to where we met. Right. I didn't choose that place. I would have went back there. The Pancake House or the club. We didn't meet at the Pancake House. No. No, but we went to the Pancake House. The water fountain at the Waffle Factory or whatever. <laughs> we the met Waffle outside of Chapel. What's it called? Waffle House. In. That's what the, the Waffle Factory. <laughs> yeah, I, I, got a quick, uh, I got a quick Mansu story for you. Ooh, Mansu. Wow. Mansu. The little known fact is uh, I've been a career fireman for the last 13 years. The first three years of my career, I worked in the same town where uh, Dave Mansu was a detective sergeant at the police department. Cop. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he retired out as a lieutenant. But, uh, you know, I didn't really know Dave when I started working there. I was just starting to get into tournament fishing, so we used to talk when we would see each other around the uh, township building or out of the scene somewhere. And, uh, you know, I started to you know pay attention when he'd be away fishing, and a couple of the guys at the detective bureau had told me a little known fact that when Mansu would go away fishing tournaments, they would follow the Bassmaster standings very closely all weekend long to know if on Monday morning he was going to come back in a good mood or if they were going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they were usually in, in trouble. trouble. <laughs> yeah, they, were, they were in trouble more times than not. was the bottom line. But they, they would watch the standings closely and know what kind of mood he was going to come home in. So. <laughs> I could see that happening. Much, much, like, much like angler wives do. Right. Right. This is true. That was hey, thanks for the call. That were two great stories. I loved it. I love no the KBD story. That was a good one. I thought you had some real dirt on Mansu. That's that's hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing too nothing too bad. I mean there were some stories from Mansu's retirement party, some stories from uh you know, passed over the years, but again, uh I don't even know if they would cut it for after hours like so. they're, they're for another time. I, that's for the we're gonna do a special in a couple months on swingers. We'll save that for that one. Is that, a, is that when uh, we, we talk about who loves the monks the most on tour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know where I'm going with that, I Joe. do. I do. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the call, man. See you, Mike. Thanks, Steve. Okay. Wow, the stories keep rolling in. I mean, we go from raccoons to KVD to Every, a bro- broken vertebrae. Everybody's this got is a tough story. top. Everybody's got a story. Tough the top. If you fish, you've got a story. Yeah, I, let's ask uh, let's ask our our casting couch guest, Dave. Uh, ask him his best story real quick. Let's yeah. see what he says. I don't think that's going to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's been very quiet. Let's the whole save night. that for. That's how we're going to end the show. Is you making me talk to the deer? Okay. Dude. <laughs> uh, he's, he's so quiet. He's very quiet. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. just there filling the spot. He's very quiet. Bex, how's how's the IM doing? By the way, we've been really catering to the phone. Anything on IM we need to get caught up on? Or I've got a, a couple best worst stories. Okay. Uh, Chuck G says, Lay Lake, February, 28 degrees, wind, 20 miles per hour, paid my 120 entry. Main motor and trolling, trolling would do nothing. Blew out into main channel for two hours, fell in working on the boat, got the call that my grandmother had died, got back to the launch, <laughs> and flat tire on truck. Ooh. No lie. That's a Whoa. pretty bad one. Man, I wish he called with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it, it, what's his name again? Chuck? Uh, Chuck G. Chuck G. Uh, thank you for that uh, IM Total message. That's, that's bad. That's a lot of bad karma, bad luck going on at one time. Yep. If you can, call in. We'd love to hear from you. 
but that's a bad one. I, I had the tire slash thing. Did you oh yeah, that? we did. We actually had it as a club. If you remember, yeah. the entire top rod Bassmasters. I want to say at the time probably six to eight vehicles had all their tires slashed because we used a private ramp at Rapalpo Creeks. It was one tire on every trailer. One tire on every trailer was slashed by this guy, and he was irate. The interesting thing is he showed up after he slashed the tires to confront us at the end of the day. Now, that dude had some balls. you yeah. got to think back then. Yeah. He wow. had some balls. And we had, we had a cop with a gun in his tackle box at the time. He kind of diffused the situation a little bit, if you remember. Chuck Woodward did, but it was bad. It was bad, you know? Uh, But interesting that you bring that up, because that was the same exact event where Brian had one of his worst days ever (laughs) on the water. And I'll just tell the story. I'll go ahead and tell it. It inspired a bobblehead. It did. I mean, this whole story, let me get it real quick. Way up. Oh, man. That's too high. Break a leg. Yeah, oh, boy. I already got a broken leg. Uh... This story, let me let me get a crotch cam of that too, Brian, if you get a chance real quick. Microphone. Mike. Uh, let's get a crotch cam of that real quick. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that is Brian right there, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Um, if you look, that that's that's the, the inspiring image. Uh, Rapopo Creek Tournament, Brian and his partner had the winning bag of bass. Smashed them. They figured it out. They smashed them. 16, 17 pounds, maybe 18 pounds of bass flipping. Would have blew the competition away. But they, they made a pretty sizable run. Uh, trolling motor only, right? Nobody's got outboard. So coming back, his trolling motor dies. Batteries die or the trolling motor stops working or whatever. And there's all kinds of boats off in the distance but no one stops to to help them. You know, they're they're waving their arms. Waving Somebody their... else got towed past me. So, <laughs> Mike, we all passed them, dude. We all everyone passed them. Well, I didn't because I was up at the front getting <laughs> trucks fucking uh, spinners out of the tray. Excuse me. Um, but so so Brian's so mad, pissed off. Nobody stopped. His troll motor's dead. He can't make it back in. He ends up being like ten minutes late. So the whole catch is disqualified, you know? But he's so mad, he gets his paddle. He's got a wooden paddle. And he's beating it. He's beating the head of the troll motor with the paddle on the way back. <laughs> Pussy saw me rowing. Yeah. Pussy saw me rowing. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I think I said it one time. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, he, he said it after he was disqualified. Oh, did he? He's like, well, you pussy saw me rowing. <laughs> that has followed me my whole life. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, a bunch of sore losers and top rod bassmasters. Yeah. That's right. Terrible. Oh, we, uh, we have a caller on the line. Call, he says say, he's bringing it. He's bringing it. Caller, what's your name? Where you call from? This is Ethan Shaw from Carmel, Indiana, a.k.a. Mini Fat Cat. Wow. Hi, Ethan. How you doing tonight? All right. Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Just sitting out here. I'm actually watching the Habit 2 episode. Cool. Watching, uh, a couple guys go at it and stuff. Everyone catching brown bass out of six inches of water, which doesn't make sense at all, but no it sense. happened. So. No sense. What do, you, what do you got tonight? You got a comment or you got a, you got a best worst story? I have a scary story, a little bit mixed up. All right. Uh... So I'm out practicing at Mississippi Wall Reservoir, a reservoir I've never been to. Got the little 9.9 on the back of the pink Starcraft that my buddy had. Going out there practicing for a high school event, actually. 
Um, and his dad, who, God love him, did not know how to back a trailer into the water, is trying to put it into the water and is jackknifing it, tried six different times. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in the aluminum boat and I'm just watching the sky get darker and darker and closer. And pretty soon it's sitting overhead and I'm starting to see bolts of lightning coming down five, 10, maybe 15 miles away. And it's clapping thunder and he's still not able to get the trailer in the water. And I'm just sitting out there and I'm thinking, oh Lord Jesus, please protect me today. <laughs> oh Lord, baby and Jesus. He ended up getting it on there, and meanwhile, my it, it, this trailer does not have guides or, or bunks on it. It's a roll trailer, and it's basically got two panels that you just got to try and wedge your way onto. So I'm trying to use this 1970, 1989, 9.9 Johnson to try and get this thing on the trailer. And ended up, my friend jumped out of the boat into the water to try and pull it on the trailer. And meanwhile, there's a club tournament going on. They're weighing in, and they're looking down at it going, who are those freaks doing? And there's... They're kind of just sitting there watching us like, okay. So then we get up there and finally get on the trailer after a lightning strike uh, on the reservoir not too far away. And so that's how it ended up. We ended up living, hope gladly. So <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's proof there is a God that somehow I didn't get struck by lightning in the aluminum boat in the water. So. <laughs> that sounds like uh, the, 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 the dad that was backing up the trailer sound like most of the guys on tour putting in an elite event. <laughs> They're pretty bad. They're pretty terrible. In fact, at Havasu, this is a this is a true story. At Havasu, um, Van Dam's marshal puts him in and then proceeds to park Van Dam's truck and trailer and cuts the turn too sharp and takes out... Whose truck is it he took out? Did he take out Russ's? Took out... Was it Russ Lane? Takes out a truck, Ooh. clips it, hits it so hard, he pulls that truck, and it hits the bumper of my truck. What? Yes. Yeah. That Havasu. Wow. Yeah. Must have been a blonde. That was the only time that I was happy that he'd aftermarketed something. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I had I had bumper steel on there, Iron Cross. Special shout out to Iron Cross. Nice. Uh, but yeah, there's some bad backer-uppers out there. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible bad backer up. And there are people that have been struck by lightning. You know the Mark, there have. Mark Tyler story? No. He's practicing for a tournament out on the West Coast. Woke up in his boat. Like, uh, and hours had gone by. Got struck by lightning. You're kidding me. No, got struck and woke up and continued fishing. Oh, my God. <laughs> continued wow. his pra- practice day. Yep. That's wow. crazy. Yeah, I don't th- I don't know that he actually got hit or that he got close enough that right. he knocked him unconscious or Well the light the lightning is a scary thing. That's a scary thing. I tell you in fishing, you know, there's a lot there's there's waves, there's you know, hitting something underwater, there's a lot of scary things, but that's that one freaks me out. Yeah. That one freaks me out. In fact, Kelly Jordan at the last event, the T T B C he spent years guiding on fork. And he told me about two separate incidents where there were, were lightning strikes and caused deaths. The one, um, there were two anglers, and, and it was like a day later, and they were reported missing. They never came back. And they found them the next day. The boat was just up up in the bank, crashed up on the bank, and they had they had they they were both dead. They both had got struck. But the, the lightning hit the back pedestal seat, and it, it, it there was nothing left of the pedestal seat, and it had black... You know, black mark, streak marks, 
gone all over. Wow. Uh, and then the other one was a guy got hit, and it went right through him and, like, blew out his arm as he was driving. And same thing. He lost so much blood, he died. Wow. Uh, lightning strikes, you know, deaths. Yeah, I know you've been out and seen this. Like, I've been out, like, uh, on a lake, and it gets slick calm. And you get the pending storm, you know. It's right there. Doom, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. You throw out your your uh, your shaky head or whatever it oh, is. Oh, yeah. And your line floats to the sky. The line floats. I had a one time where I threw out my bait, and my bait never hit the water. You're kidding the me. The line, the bait, everything was just the static yeah. in the air just pulled everything up. Oh, yeah. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. The, the, rod, the rod tip sizzles. I've yeah. heard the rod tip sizzling. I've been out with Uncle Don before on Cayuga Lake practicing for a red man and i swear to you i look back and you know if you if, if anybody knows uncle don he looks like mo from the three stooges <laughs> uh his hair was completely standing up all the way around like he was at the franklin institute touching the, the electricity uh, thing wow uncle don's hair like mo was sticking up and i dude i i, I was like get down get down and i and i was in the old ranger 374v at the time and i cranked up the the motor and, it, and we're both, like, squashed down, and I, like, all the way back to the ramp, you know, not seeing anything, yep. and, like, just put it... I mean, it's scary. It's so, scary. Nobody wants to get struck. I, I was close yep. to a strike, and you'll be amazed how much energy travels in front of the bolt. I'm fishing a tournament on the Hudson. I'm waiting for my co-angler to painfully bark, park back the trailer into the water. Yeah. So I'm looking at my boat, and it's coming, you know, and... I feel the air's charged. The hair on the back, I didn't have any hair, but, you know, the follicles <laughs> back there were tingling. And there was a tr- there's a tree right next to the ramp, and I'm probably about 150 yards away from it. And I see the bolt hit it. You know, the air was charged. Maybe a second later, the bolt hits it. Then maybe, like, a second after that, <laughs> the sound, man. Wow. But it has, it, it pushes a ton of electricity yeah. in front of it, wow. man, and it's charged up. It's amazing. It's crazy. It's the closest I'd ever come. The only thing that is scarier than lightning is Pete Blusek in a leopard robe. That is what I'm <laughs> Woo! Wow. With, lightning, with lightning, because when there's lightning, all the chest hair starts standing up, and it kind of creates one of those astronomical effects of the eye where you just instantly go blind. <laughs> Scary. How well, Pete, that is. Pete, you are a man of mystery. So. <laughs> It's true. Somebody the most said, interesting, uh, somebody... most hairy man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a lot of chest hair. Caller, thanks for the call. That was awesome. That was awesome. Good good story. Apparently, hey, rumor has it uh, somebody you, died at Beaver yesterday from a lightning strike. Uh, Someone really? died at Beaver Lake in yeah. Arkansas yesterday. Oh, wow. It's terrible news. You sure it was from a lightning strike or was it from not catching any bass? It said, it said lightning strike. <laughs> okay. So, guys, what would you say if I told you um, that a local at a tackle shop set me and Brian up to get arrested? What? In a game sanctuary. I wouldn't be surprised. No. Dude. <laughs> so Brian and I go to the Florida Keys with my Nitro. And we're in our early 20s. And we show up wearing what we wear up here, black clothes, like in the yeah. Keys. Like we stand out like Northeast, you know, dudes. Yeah. We go to this tackle shop. We're like, where do we need to, where do we need to fish? So he sells us his map. And he's like, man, you're going to kill him here. We told him we just wanted to catch Barracuda. Yeah. So... <laughs> Brian and I travel about 15 miles offshore, and we find this reef. You know, we find exactly where he's telling us. We're going by the buoys. So I take my anchor, you know, flung, like fling this, like, 20-pound anchor, like, with the rope, <laughs> like, a mile anchor. out, dude. Yeah. So we drop anchor, and 
we're catching Barracuda. So Brian comes up with the idea. He's going to go underwater, and this is back with the disposable cameras, right? Yeah. He's going to take pictures of me fighting the Barracuda. So I have a Cuda. Brian jumps in the water. Well, there's this giant glass-bottom boat tour coming by. And the captain is on the loudspeaker yelling at me like, it's you know you're in a you're, you're in a marine sanctuary. <laughs> oh <laughs> There's no fishing here and people are taking pictures of us. <laughs> Brian's on, this boat's like on us, dude. Brian's underwater. He don't know what's going on because yeah. he's down there with the camera trying to take pictures, man. Yeah, dude. Wow. No fishing in the sanctuary. Yeah, dude. You were set up. Yeah. yeah. yeah why? We up. Why did you do that though? Had two jerk offs from the northeast. Man. Yep. <laughs> we we were in a black nitro. <laughs> Wow. There's not a black boat for a thousand miles down there. Uh-uh. It's, wow. all, it's all salt water. We're yeah, a black 17-foot nitro offshore. That's crazy. <laughs> set up. The big setup. Yeah, Living life, man. baby. And the claw anchor just scraping the coral off the bottom. Even, oh, my God. I cringe when I think about... 3,000 years of life. Yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. Uh, horrible, dude. All we had hi- no idea. We didn't know, man. Oh, yeah, all <laughs> hypothetical, by the way. All yeah. hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, yeah all these stories are hypothetical. Yeah. None, none can be proven. Sent in by a fan. We have a call. Uh, call, what's your name? Where you call from? Uh, Mark Williams from Lavac, Arkansas. Hi, Mark. How you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good, Mike. How's it going? Good. Good to hear from you. Well, it's, I'm telling you, getting in to your show, I've tried 152 times to call in. I told you I would call in. And, and you got through. Now, now let, yeah. let, let's give everybody a little bit of background on how we know each other. I'm going to let you tell. Okay. Well, let me let me start with this. I was I fished with uh, Joe Sancho on Lake Barkley. Yes. And it's undoubtedly, you know, you, you're asking about the best days fishing. Yes. That's got to be one of them. Now, he probably he kind of he might have prompted this and tell him, you know, tell Mike that he was the second best guy that I've ever fished with. So <laughs> you can get all over him for that. No. Uh, met you last year at uh, Lake Dardanelle in Arkansas. Had a great time. Yeah. Just had a ball. And as it was this year on Kentucky Lake, uh, I love the Marshall program. I really do. I like doing that. It's uh, it's a blast. Uh, and didn't think that we would ever get to draw again and so but anyway the first day on kentucky lake we drew you said it was going to be a pitiful day you said it was going to be bad and so and had a good day we had a great day we had a great day yeah you're, you're kind of like uh i joke that you're my good luck charm and it's true because both times we drew out i had like like I, it was like you couldn't do anything wrong you know what i mean like every decision uh-huh. was right like every cast you made was for a reason and going into that Kentucky Lake tournament, man, I had I had the worst practice. I was just not – I just didn't know how to catch a keeper. Like, it was the weirdest thing. It's such a good lake. And and we drew out, and my second spot I stopped on, I smashed him. I started killing him. Big school fish. And we sat there for two, three hours and caught him. It was amazing. And, uh, and, and to prove that you're a good luck charm, the next day I went out, Went to that same spot, plus about three thousand other spots, and caught one keeper. <laughs> and so, fished the second day, because I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, I'm by far not a good luck charm, because I've had too many bad days on the lake. I mean, you know, you think about the bad, I've never had a bad day fishing. Now I've kicked the rods off in the water, and I've, I've had boat motors go dead. It was really close. I could see the weigh-in check-in boat. 
and I couldn't get there because my batteries were dead. Uh, you know, you have those kind of, I've yeah. never had a, 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 you know, what I call a, a bad day fishing, but I've had some bad days catching. I mean, you know, that kind of happens. Yeah. But, uh, even went with the second day, fished with, uh, Brian Snowden, and he killed him. Yeah, I'm you said, him. you said, Brian, he, you, you witnessed Brian catch a double on a crankbait. Oh, yeah, this was a bad day. This was, I mean, I had the video camera. You know, I like the video. Whenever the, the fish are coming in, I have to do the videos, take the pictures, do the stuff. But I had the video going. Well, the sun was so bright, I could not see the front of the phone. And somehow or another, when I turned that phone on and I got it to video, and I videoed for a good minute. And the only thing I got on the video was my face. <laughs> I did, did not did, get his fish, but he pulled them. He pulled these two fish up on a crankbait, and they were, they both weighed four and a half pounds apiece. Wow, it's unbelievable. That's crazy. Now, both of them now I want to yeah. know: Did the video of your face go viral on Bassmaster.com? Lands, no, I deleted it. <laughs> Dude, my mom we didn't did send that. that into the blog. We did not. But uh, had a had a good day. Uh, the third day, I believe it was on Friday, the second chance day. Yeah. On Lake Barkley. It reminded me so much of Darnell. I was wanting to fish so bad. And, you know, I wish even at that time, you know, I could say, okay, why don't you throw this? Why don't you throw that? But it was a good day. Yeah. And now I got to ask you, Joe, we, we're, Joe Sancho is a good friend of ours and a good friend of the right, show. Right. He told me. Yeah. He um, me. Did you understand anything Joe said the whole day? <laughs> because we, we have a hard time deciphering the, uh, the New, New York, York accent. accent. Well, there was a little bit left in the translation. You know, I understood that he said he was from New York. New York. Now, there was, yeah, yeah, I understood that part, and that was. But we had a good day. You know, it was kind of one of those things. But he he did promise me to tell you, say, hey, make sure and tell Mike that the best day you've ever had was with him, and you're now the second, you know, second in line. But you know, <laughs> I don't know if he's listening or not. But you know, hey, we had great times fishing. Oh, there, hey, I'm sure so, he's listening. We have we 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 usually have 12 or 13 people listening to the show, and one's usually <laughs> Joe Sancho. So. Oh, really? Yeah, well, usually. I enjoyed it. All right, now, uh, I, I actually want to come down and do a duck hunt. And oh. So, uh, yeah. So you know, I said, yeah, we'll go shoot them. I'd like to go up there and catch the smallmouth or shoot the moose. Now, if the moose are pooping in the lake, I'd just send shoot the moose. <laughs> that happens up in Maine. But, all right, now will uh, you will you play with us tonight? Because we've got Dave's going to play a game with you if you're interested. I know you are. Okay. Okay. I'm, Go ahead, I'm, Dave. You know, I'm a, I'm a game. I'm sports professional. All right. So, Mark, have you were you watching the show earlier? I was. All right. So, would you like to know what Pete would do, or would you like to try to guess what Mike would do? Oh well. Well, the last one was Pete. Let's do Mike this time. Yeah. All right. we'll, we'll alternate. Yeah. Again, the disclaimer, this may or may not have occurred. <laughs> okay. Scenario situation. You're Mike Iaconelli, and you're on your bachelor party. And you're up in the Poconos at your bachelor party, and you're at a bar with all your friends. And you become super, super aggressively intoxicated to where, you know, it's time to leave. So upon leaving... You stumble across a pile of police officers and bouncers. Do you A, walk the opposite way as not to draw attention to yourself, or do you B, attempt to go over to them to try to fight them because you thought you were being thrown out, but it was your friends bringing you out? 
<laughs> second part of that, hold on, second part of that also okay. goes, oh. after walking over to fight them, uh, it's a two-part question. So what happened in the first part? So I get two prizes, right? I get two prizes. No, one prize, but you only got to get one part right. Okay. Did you walk away from the from the trouble, or did you walk toward it? Oh, I think you walked toward it. Okay, good, good. Now we can go to the second part. So okay. You're Mike Iconelli at this hypothetical bachelor party, and you're walking towards a pile of police officers and bouncers to ask why you were thrown out. Did your two friends, John and Dave, have to grab you by your head and legs and stuff you in a trunk? Or were you able to, you know, were they able to talk to you peacefully and say, Mike, this ain't a bad idea to fight the cops? <laughs> oh, gosh. I think they had to stuff him in a trunk. <laughs> Correct. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Was this the same story as a hypothetical newspaper stand? No, I don't even know about that. Which, oh, when that, was that? That was uh, that was John McGraw's wedding. Oh. Yeah. All right, Mark. Mark, you're <laughs> hey. you're clearly a winner here tonight. You're you're a winner anyway, but you're a winner here tonight. Uh, can I go ahead and go out on a gander and guess that you would be an extra large? Oh, come on! You got to go a little bit more than that. On two X. Yeah, let's do a 2X. Okay, 2X. See, I'm one of the guys that when you look at them, you say, oh, gosh, that guy's awful big. Yeah, that's a good one. I can't run. I can, instead of running 75 miles an hour, I'm only going to be able to run 70. Yeah, you know what? Actually, Dave had a real good suggestion. I'm going to give you the option. We have a a limited edition VMC T-shirt. You know, it's it's a good-looking short-sleeve gray T-shirt. Or we have a great supporter of the show. We have a... Fishity uh, gift pack, which includes a sticker, a koozie, and a one-year subscription to Fishity. Which would you like, Mark? What would you suggest? I, I think you should go with the Fishity one because we were I talking about I that think a I'm little gonna, bit. I think I'm going to do. We talked about that. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. This, yeah, this, I this, think I think that's what I'll do. Go with that. Okay. Yeah. This way you can check it out. Yeah. Check out how great the mapping yeah. is over there, and uh, and it'll be good. All right, so yeah, that'll be good. All right, Mark. And make sure and remind everybody that you lost the bet on the big bass. I did lose the bet on the big bass. I owe you, you a beer. And let me, before I let you go, and by the way, don't hang up because Brian's going to get your information. Before I let you go, okay. let me remind you that we're going to fish together in a non uh, martial situation. We're going to practice together one of these days. So keep in touch. Hey, with I'm me. ready. Okay. You know, you've got my phone number. I hope you still got it. I've got. All it. you got to do, all you got to do, is call and say, "Hey, I'm going to such and such. Meet me there, and I'm there." You got it. I'm going to take you up on that. Thanks for the call. It's good hearing from you, man. Hey, Mike. See you later. Okay. Bye. Have a good night. Man, what a good dude. You, you, know, how you, draw, like you know how you draw yeah. those co-anglers and marshals that are just really good people? And they give that positive energy. Positive energy. And I got to tell you, everything I told him this both times I fished with him. He reminds me exactly, like, just close your eyes, Bert Huffman. Okay. To a T. You know yeah. Bert. You know Bert. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he's Bert. Bert's from Tennessee. This guy, I think, was originally from Tennessee. Wow. I mean, they look the same. Tennessee the people are cool. They're cool. There's something cool about them cool. dudes. Yeah, Mark yeah. is a cool dude. Bert's a cool dude. Yeah. yeah. It's it's definitely uh, Bert Huffman's twin. You know, if you know Bert Huffman. So, Mike, I was just talking to Brian. Pete, we're going to bring you in on this. We meant to talk about this when we had the teacher on, and that fell to shit. So, <laughs> when we were in middle school back in the 80s, they segregated the groups of, of students based off of intelligence. 
perceived intelligence, actual intelligence, but there were there was you know groups A being the smartest and most gifted and talented mentally, and then there was like <laughs> there was like E group, and that was the bottom. That's like your your special education um, miscreants that just needed to be separated from society. <laughs> they were put in the E group. Like it was kind of like a hodgepodge of All right. you know in- kids with legitimate learning disabilities and kids that were just you know bad bad kids. Right. right. So. What we planned on doing was making a part of the show after we did this algebra thing. We were going to ask callers to guess which groups Mike, Brian, and myself were in. (laughs) And the winner would get a prize. Yes. So, guys, when you're calling in again, remember, they segregated us based off of intelligence. And A being the really smart kids and E being, you know, D group was like your your average, basically your ravage run-of-the-mill kid. You know, and then it just went rapidly south from there to E group. Yeah. yeah so so you if had, you, you want to add a, that in, B, C, D, and, and E. Yeah. If you want to yeah. add that guess in, you can win a prize if you put That's, us in the correct orders. Yeah. They put you in those kind of groups. That's Dude, crazy. Not they only did. did they do that, but we Can't couldn't. Hear you, babe. All right. We couldn't even eat lunch with each other. Like in the lunchroom, each group had to eat with their group. Now we were, you know, we were allowed to recreate with each other. Like during recreation, but we had to eat at our assigned tables, which was with our assigned groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's terrible. It's terrible. You got to remember though, we're we're dating ourselves a little bit, right? So this is like eight. This is early eighty. This is 82, 83, 82, 84. 83, 84. Yeah. I'm confused by this discussion. So are we labeling our callers now? Although we dislike no. this label. What are no, no, we no, 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 talking no. about? We're we're we Guessing. we we're gonna guess. We want our callers, our IM uh, participants, to guess what group. Brian, Dave, and I were in in middle school. What, what group we were placed in? What, what group were we placed in? Okay. Do you remember? This will also be a running. We will not reveal that at the end of the show. This will be every single show we have until someone gets it correct. Were you all okay. in the same group? Well, then why would we be having the contest? Well, well we were not. We still I, could, just, but I wanted to see if I could get some more information. <laughs> no, but you're already wrecking the game. No. <laughs> so I limit you. We eliminate no, but, a guess. But, but, but let's talk about the bigger issue here, which is that's ter- wasn't it terrible that they did that? No. No. You don't think it was? <laughs> not at all, dude. Everybody could learn at their, you know, their pace. Yeah, you're not getting held up. This, you know, you're you not teaching to the slowest. Your, your but you're not teaching to the slowest person. But that's a real word. We're only putting know. fake words. Nah, man. How can you how how can you excel? How can you excel as a long distance runner if you're running with the slowest guys in the group? That's true. You know, you got to break out and, and spread. You know, open your lungs up against the the, the faster guys. Right. But I like to run with the faster people because it pushes me to be a faster runner. What if That's the fast people don't want the, to be slowed uh, down? The maturity That's is, their is problem. a whole they different thing, too. You know, some some kids' brains develop at a different level. Right. You know, and although they'll be a, a like a so-called A group. When they get to fifth grade, but right now they're they're not. And they yeah. had an answer to that, Pete. They had placement tests every year that you would take. Mm. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it was a problem unless you were in one of the lower groups. Then it probably hurt. Or you were in the lower group and you got to come home, and your friends that were in the higher groups had piles of homework. And you had went to the peanut butter factory that day to see how peanut butter was made. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's always that. There's always that, conversely, too, right? All right. Peanut I don't know. <laughs> Caller, what's your name? Where you call from? Mike. What's up, man? It's Mike doing? from South Carolina. 
going on, Mike? How are you tonight? What uh, do you have a best worst story for us? Or you have a comment? Dude, I seriously have the best one on here tonight. All right, we want to hear it. So, I got something for you. Okay, fishing a, a night tournament on Lake Wiley, you know, Lake Wiley from 2004 Bassmaster oh, yeah. Classic. Um, fishing that, the uh, fight was horrible that night. Ended up, I caught a six-pounder. Got the six-pounder to the side of the boat. Got it in. So I was holding the fish, getting the hook out. I felt a, a weird strike. And as I looked, there was a snake in this fish's throat, and it was a copperhead. Wow. Um, like I said, the bite was rough. So I went ahead and went. It was two hours left. Fished the rest of the tournament. Ended up getting four, uh, first place. Won 1200 bucks. Uh, then I left there and went straight to the hospital and had over $10,000 in bills wow. from the copperhead strike. No. Oh my gosh, that's an amazing story. Now, so it it struck you in the hand as you were taking the hook out, right? Like it was, it got me on the tip of the thumb. I was in the hospital for almost a week, and it was not a great situation to be in. That's wow. unbelievable. So it was it was in his mouth. He didn't swallow it yet. And once you opened his mouth, the the snake just attacked whatever it could find, which was your thumb. Yeah, unfortunately, when I opened it up, you know, when I found the light in there, I thought it was a water snake, and unfortunately, it wasn't a water snake. It was a copperhead. So yeah. Mike, is there any... And pulled me and my boat straight to the hospital and went ahead and stayed for about six days. Wow. Mike, is there a little anything bit of bittersweet right there. Mike, is there anything you can do on the water when you get bit by them? Like, is there, like, an antidote kit you can buy or anything like that? Do you know about I'm sorry. Never mind, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know what he could have used? Yeah. He probably could have used... The suck like, and spit? No, scent. Like gulp or, or fish formula or, or even... Uh, Robitussin? Liquid, liquid mayhem. Why? And I swear, ever since that fish, you know, it's kind of one of them things, you get a big one up to the side of the boat, you're kind of like, uh, yeah, I don't know crazy. about this, maybe let me shine a light in here, see what's going on, because... That was not a good situation. Wait, wait. So if you get bit by a poisonous snake, what happens? Like, does your hand swell up first, or do you start to feel woozy? Like, what happens? Oh, my hand swelling up like three times the size of what it normally is. And I'm a big dude, and for my hand to swell up three times the size, oh, man, it was monstrous, man. I felt like the marshmallow man. Wow, what was the treatment? What was the treatment like in the hospital for six days? What what was the process? I mean, basically, I mean, it was just pretty much antibiotics and uh, just kind of kept the eye on me, and it wasn't a good situation to be in for sure. That's wow, when crazy. a twelve hundred dollar purse isn't a big purse anymore no. when you have a ten thousand dollar bill. No. When I fished my first tournament and only tournament on Sandy Cooper. I actually had an old local guy tell me, if you're going to go bouncing around them cypress trees, you better leave your oar on the deck. Because he'd say, you, you hit the cypress tree and they fall into your boat. Yeah. And he told me, he'd leave your life jacket so you can flip your life jacket onto the snake and hope he gets tangled in it. Then throw them all into the water. Because he said, you're not going to be able to just shuck it out with the oar. 
Wow. I'm like, shit. Like, I'm not even going to fish these stupid <laughs> cypress trees. I'm not dealing with this, dude. <laughs> You're going to go out and deep crank. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go crank the, the trees. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go cranking. Yeah, he is the scariest like ever. Like, end of story. That is the scariest like ever. Wow. Where That's was it that? that Christy had the snake? Who? Where did Jason Christie have the big old snake? Jason Christie had a uh, had one fall on his boat at the uh, I want to say it was uh, what was it was it the Delta or was it Havasu? It was Havasu. Must have been Havasu. It was Havasu. It was Havasu. At Lake Havasu, Jason a rattler. Christie had a copperhead. Or a no, a rattlesnake. On his back deck. The devil. I mean, he was just going down flipping toys, you know, flipping. All of a sudden, he kind of caught something out of the corner of his eye, looking at his back deck. There he goes. Sitting on his back there. Just, son. Just what do you do? The first time I went to Santee, everybody was telling me, if you hear the thumping boat, you better get ready. Because they fall out those cypress trees. Yeah. There it is. Wow. Bad situation, no. son. Yeah, snakes don't bother me too bad. Bugs bother me. Bugs? Bother you more than snakes? Bugs. Wow. Like down, like those giant spiders down in Louisiana. They're like big as palm of your hand. Hanging from the trees, hanging from the cypress trees. Ooh, big red nasty yeah, that, spiders. Yeah, that's pretty bad. When you walk through a web, that's yeah. the worst, dude. <laughs> when your face goes through a web. Yeah. yeah. Now, night. Now I tell you, night tournaments too, in general, or there, there's a weird, eerie thing going on there, because a lot of it's you're fishing. You know, you're fishing out there. You're fishing by sound, by feel. You know, your element of sight is not there until the very end, you know? And then the the bats get you. Oh, yeah. A lot like of bats. Because you're, you're getting all the insects are hovering around you, the mosquitoes and stuff. So the bats are the there. The bats are yeah. dialing in on you, and they're swooping down on you. Yeah, Pleasant. but it's amazing how you can still do all that muscle memory even though you can't see. Yeah. You do that in wrestling. You, you practice blindfolded. And you know you're relying strictly off of uh, you know off of the off of the positional awareness you know, same thing with night vision you know you're casting without seeing where you're really casting to but you're always you're landing in that general vicinity yep. of where you're aiming at yep you know from repetition a lot of injuries well, Mike I gotta ask man yes I ended up losing about ten thousand on that tournament after uh, all the hospital bills and anything so uh, then there's any way I can get maybe an autograph pad or something at least. Absolutely. I think by default, I think the story, the snake bite, and the monetary loss definitely makes you a winner tonight. <laughs> you were the man, sir. You okay, the man. H- hang on the line. Uh, uh, Brian, the producer, a.k.a. Brian, the carpenter, a.k.a. Brian Stockel, a.k.a. Spock, a.k.a. Press One Spock, a.k.a. Ding Dong, is going to get your information. Hang Ding on dong. one second, and we'll get you a hat. Thank you, sir. Thanks, caller. You, you always leave the best insult out. Which one's the that? The guy called Brian a perch jerker. Perch jerker. Yeah, dude, yeah. I love perch jerker. That's a good one. Yeah. I got more, too. Uh, A.K.A. bat. I always leave bat out. Why bat? Bat. Bat ears. Uh. <laughs> A.K.A. Brillo pad head. Uh, former Brillo pad A.K.A. Brian. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's already mad at you for what you did earlier. Now you just fucking totally messed it up, He's dude. Not right oh, now. it's good. He'll watch yeah. it on Don't. the after show. He'll, he'll, he'll watch the replay tomorrow morning. And be all uh, Nobody gets that besides us. That's great. That is awesome. Great. So here, uh, what are we? Here, I got another one for you, man. So here is a here's a horrible fishing story, dude. So I take Melanie and Jacqueline. Jacqueline's about five years old at the time. We go up to Maine. We're going to go on this remote camping fishing thing, and I drug the nitro up there. 
So I have more memories in that boat than I have any boat I've ever owned combined. So we're on this logging trail, and I forget what lake we even went to, but we're on this logging trail for about 11 miles. And there's no GPS back then. You know, it's maps. You know, so I make a turn to the way I think I'm supposed to be going. And I end up turning down the wrong dirt road because these, these actual these logging trails are marked on the maps. They have them by numbers or whatever from what I remember. I turn down the wrong road, and I wind up crashing onto this giant rock, and I get stuck on someone's private driveway leading to their cottage, right? So we get out the truck, <laughs> trying to figure out what the hell to do. We start walking on the logging trail, and we find a couple loggers. About a two-mile walk, you know? And those black gnats were just coming out at the time. And they bite you, and they got, like, an anticoagulant in their bite, so, like, the blood will, like, run down you a little bit. Oh Gnarly, look, they call them black flies or something like that, I forget yeah. what they call them. But, so we find this guy, and they're, like, Native, they're like Native American guys. So he tells us, yeah, well, we'll get you out. And, they, you know, they get in their front end loader, and we jump in the back of the pickup truck. Well, in the back of the pickup truck, there's, like, two dead coyotes. And this, like, pistol that was like the pistol that Jack Nicholson pulled out of his jacket in Batman and was shooting at the plane. <laughs> Dude, it was like the longest battle I'd ever seen. Oh, my God. But I had a Glock 26 on me. I was armed, too. You know yeah. what I mean? I, so I didn't care about that. I knew they just, they probably sell the fur, I'm thinking. I don't know. We're, you know we don't do that shit yeah. around here, so we really don't know. Anyway, so they get us, they pull us out. That's not the end of the story. You know, we, we separate the boat. They did, a, they did a hell of a job getting us out, man. So I'm like, cool. The trip is salvaged. We, we've, you know, we're back on. We get to this lake. And the bugs were just so... We're, we're going to camp in a tent. Yeah. The bugs were so bad. I swear to God. We didn't even have our camp set up. I'm like, screw this. We're out of here, dude. We are not doing this, man. So we get back in the map. We get back in the truck. And the map, it was about a 45, 50-minute ride down this logging trail for the speed we had to do. So I'm looking at the map. I'm like, well, if we take this way, it'll cut our time down in half back to this highway. <laughs> This is when you actually had to use a map on the highways. Oh, my God. Right? I'm like, so it's now, it's dark out. So we're driving, and I'm driving for much longer. And now that the dirt road's now becoming a grass road, right? So I'm like, all right, something's definitely wrong, dude, because something that leads to the highway is not going to have grass. So I'm looking at the map with with the truck driving with the light on, and my tires grab the soft side of the road. I get ripped off the road with the boat and truck down into an embankment, dude. Like, now we're down on an angle. Like, now we're totally stuck, and it's dark. You know what I mean? So I'm like... How old's your daughter? Jack was five at the time, dude. She's 19 now. I mean, this is a while ago. So so (laughs) so I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, we're not sleeping in this truck. Like, you know, it was like, I'm like... That's it. I'm like, I'm going to walk... I left, so I leave Melanie and Jacqueline in in the truck with with the gun. And I'm going to walk on the logging trail and go find someone else to save me. So, dude, every emotion I've ever had went through my night that what I went through my head as I'm walking as the sun's setting. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm like, are the grizzly bears? Like, I don't even know what I'm going oh to encounter, God. dude. I'm, I mean, I walked about eight miles, dude. I was drinking from a mud puddle. <laughs> I had to drink. I had to sip from a mud puddle, dude. <laughs> I swear to God. So, yeah, it's the best, dude. Now it's dark. And it's a fucking logging trail, dude. It's as wide as this is the studio. And this truck's coming down, and I'm standing. <laughs> you would have thought I was standing on a highway. I'm standing in the middle, waving my arms to this and guy. And mud. No, but I'm waving my arms to him like they're not going to see me if they drive by, and I just wave like, "Yo, can you hold on?" <laughs> I'm out in the middle, like I'm trying to flag them down yeah. on the highway, dude. The, I get in the truck, and uh, they, they wind up. They, they were just cruising. They just cruise the logging trails at night, drinking coolers of beer, man. Same was, dudes or different? Not nah, different dudes, man. And they're like, "You did what?" I felt. I never felt 
so dumb in my life. Like as I'm explaining <laughs> to them what I did, and then they're asking me more questions and making me explain the stupidity even more. I'm just like. Finally, I'm just like, look, guys, I'm fucking retarded. I'm from New Jersey. I shouldn't even back here. You know, let, can you just go to the thing and say, and they, they pulled me out. They got me out. Uh, we went back the way we should have came. And we actually yeah. took it to Champlain from that point. It was about a 12-hour ride to Champlain from there. All right. Wow. I'm, I'm, going, vacation I'm, there. I'm going with Dave in the E-group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, based we off that decision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, based off that decision, you're right. Pete, would you like to present you with the MLF jersey tonight? Hey, put it on, Pete. grand prize. Hey, Pete, put it on. At least you'll have some paying sponsors on your back. Oh, Oh, the jabs. Oh, what, I get called a retard and that's okay? I talk about a paying sponsor and everyone's like, No one's safe and I live. No one is safe. Risque. No one is safe. All right, listen, um... So we've got a handful of stories here because you guys have been very caller friendly, not I am friendly tonight. Yeah. What do you got? But everyone wants to hear the Le Fibre story. Oh, no. Le Fibre? What story? About what? I don't know. They all keep saying, tell the story, tell the story. So What's me the story? Me or Dave or Pete? Because we've all have La Fibre stories. It says, stories. tell Mike to end with the La Fibre story. We didn't even bring but him up. What story? You bring them up every show. (laughs) (laughs) No, we don't. I'm totally confused. We don't necessarily talk about him. We talk about his crappy web thing he's got, but we don't talk about him. Oh, the jabs go out of the room. I'm just saying. Hey, I also want you guys to know that we've got a running tally of every word that Mike has made up tonight. Brian and I are keeping a list in the back. You got four. Four examples of improper uh, use of English tonight. <laughs> no, every, hey, everything I say is true. You can look it up in Webster's. Google it. Google it. Google. Webster. Google it. Everyone here is winning a constellation prize. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Constellation. Aiming for the stars. <laughs> what else? What else? So I, I didn't know if you knew what that story was. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean. I don't know specifically. Uh, One that was really early on was kind of funny. All the guy said was, "I came across my first dead body in like a certain creek. It was so far back. I just thought that was funny that he came across his first dead body, <laughs> and he said he was ten years old, and that was the creek that he waded all the time. But like, how many dead bodies has this right. guy come wow. across in this creek? I got one." I saw one. You have a dead body story? Dude, yeah. We we're, were fishing. I was fishing in Cooper River with a retired Camden sergeant. At the time, he wasn't retired. Cooper River title or non-title? Cooper River title. We were we were on our way coming through, and there it was, man, and it was bloated. It had probably been going back and forth for a while because it was swollen, and he was just, like, swollen up, man, and he was huge. And I remember him being like, ah, oh, man, like... If we call this in, they're going to probably ask you to tie off to it, like, you know, or, or the Coast Guard, because the Coast Guard probably couldn't get their boats under the bridges. Right. Like, you're at some point, this thing's going to either wind up in your boat, or we're going to have to drag this dude over to oh. the shoreline. So we, we figured out a way to do the right thing and alert people without my boat having to be the one towing it back and forth, man. How did you do that? Uh, we just called in anonymously and jet it. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> that was probably smart. I mean, it wasn't like a fresh body. I mean, yeah, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of people overdose. It was candy. A lot of people overdose. They fall yeah. in the water because for whatever reason, what it's a good idea. What part of the river? So you, you come under uh, you come under uh, Federal Street. 
That old bridge, you could tell you, at one point it used Lift to go up bridge. and down. Yeah. And right to your right's Campbell's Soup. Yeah. It was right. He was right there, man. Wow. Uh. That's scary. Huh. Who who who's probably come across the boat the most? Freddie. Fred Fred Romanus, I think, has found a couple in his time. I've never. I never tour. have. Have you? You never. I've never have. No. No. They had one on the Delaware River just before your tournament. Is that right? Well, yeah. One a of jumper. The, one of the guys. No, this was this one's. This one was bones. 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 It was, Floating it was bones. Skeletal. Yeah. It, well, the boat. What happened was the boat passed over it in shallow water, and somehow the the pressure released it from the mud, and it, it was wearing a jacket, and it, it floated up. It was uh, mm. it was skeletal. Uh, that one was in concrete. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been. Maybe I think so. that was actually John Carter that floated up. Hey, shout out to John Carter. <laughs> yeah, John, I haven't mentioned you in a while, but I probably think you're dead. You know? like, shout what's out that, John dude? Carter floating up on the bottom. Uh, uh, caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, caller, what's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Jay from Birmingham. How are you tonight, man? I'm good. I got a, a good, bad story. Okay, let's hear it. What do you got? All right, so I was fishing at Thunder. Uh, I was fishing with live brown, and I had a and I had my rod set down on the bank, and I it, I could have sworn that I had a, had it on free spool, but apparently I didn't. So I I had like an eight pound bass hit at the brown, and it m- flung my rod in the middle of the lake, and I. Oh, yeah, it was a G-Lens. Uh, it was a uh, uh, nice Shimano. And about a week later, my one of my friends caught it, and he still hasn't given it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> there goes $700. Yeah. Your jacket. Yeah. That's funny. $700. Bucks. That, wow. That's mean. That, that was is, not fun. That's mean. That's awful. Yeah. He's an awful friend. And he knew I was, uh, he was there with me when I when it went under. He was like, yeah. <laughs> took the GPS coordinates, the exact location, <laughs> the incident happened. Wow. Went back. Yeah, that was a bummer. Wow, yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's a bad one. He got over. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I've got a similar. Uh, I, I would like to tell that story. Yeah. Have I ever told that on Ike Live? Nah, before? dude. That's a cool one. Yeah. Th- caller, thanks for the call. That was a good story. Um, I-, I feel like I've told this story to somebody, but maybe not on Like Live. Uh, and this is a true story. And uh, it goes a little something like this. Practicing for a top rod club tournament. Wow. And it was uh, w- we had one on Cooper River, non-title. And we had it early in the season. We decided to have this one, which was a bad decision. We decided to have this one in, like, April. And... Um, I go on a scouting trip, and I'm on um, I'm on the Camden side. I'm on the golf course side, fishing the deep water, and uh, I'm over there fishing uh, by the opposite bank by the cemetery. And I decide I want to come across, and I'm going to come across and crank the roadbed. And so at the t- you know the crawl dads at the time the John boats have a troll motor on the front and troll motor on the back. Well, I want to save time, so I jump in the back to turn that back trolling motor on. So I jump on the back deck and turn the motor on. At the same time, I kicked one of my rods in. I had a rod laying on the back deck, and it was a Team Daiwa LT spinning rod with a Team Daiwa spinning reel. 
I've only at the time only got like six six seven combos total, and I kick it in, and my instinct, I just it went in. I went in for it, and I just went, and I remember it being so cold, like a shock, but I felt the rod, and I got it, and I was so happy. I like got it. I'm like yes, and I look. And I had already turned that back motor on, <laughs> and that boat was gone. <laughs> Three horsepower Minn Kota, oh. gone. gone. And I'm like, uh. And I'm about dead in the middle between the shoreline I had fished and the roadbed. And I, so I, I like am looking, and I'm like, God. And I'm like, they're equal distance, but the boat's gone the direction of the roadbed. And so I figured I'd go. I would try to trek water that way right i know the roadbed's shallow on the top so i'm going you got to remember it's cold it's april i got thermals on i have work boots on i have that top rod jacket on one just like that i'm i'm heavy and i got this rod and i'm treading i'm treading and it's not that far it's a couple hundred yards i can make it but dude instantly hypothermia starts to set in i start to get cold Everything's feeling heavy. I'm starting to get sluggish, and now I'm worried. I'm like super worried. So I, I'm as I'm as I'm paddling, I kick both my boots off, and I still have the rod, and I'm I'm trying. I'm like, and I keep every once in a while, about every five foot, I'd put my foot down to see if I could touch bottom. God, it's got to be here somewhere. And now I'm getting worried because I'm not touching the bottom. I'm starting to get cold. I'm starting to lose my ability to swim. I still don't want to drop the rod. So the next thing to go off is my jacket. I say, I oh, screw it. Take the jacket off. I shed the jacket. And I keep going, keep going. And I'm I'm nervous. Next thing is going to go is the rod. And then finally, I stop and I touch bottom. And I get up on the top of this roadbed. And, dude, I'm so tired and exhausted from trying to swim. I, like, literally am ready to vomit. I'm, like, you know hunched over i'm like freezing i'm like i'm like all messed up and like out of the corner of my eye i see something i'm like and i look over and that boat had did a complete (laughs) circle and came back and hit the roadbed and just hit stop there and was like dun 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 the motor's still going but it's only like 10 foot to my right (laughs) so i walk over dude put it on high boat motors back to the boat ramp i mean i'm blue i'm shivering get naked in the truck and I'll have a change of clothes. Get naked in the truck. Turn all the heaters on. I'm okay. A year and a, a year and a half later, <laughs> a year. So it would be like the next year in July or August. Me and Brian are out there. We're in, we're fun fishing and we're cranking the roadbed. We're on the opposite side of the roadbed from where I shed the jacket and we're cranking that drop, throwing deep diving crankbaits and we're cranking, we're cranking. And all of a sudden I go, "Here's one. I got one." There's one. There's a good one. And I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, nah, nah, nah. It's not a fish. It's just a snag. It's just a snag. And it's a log or it's something. It's a, you know, but you know, whatever. And I'm reeling. I'm reeling it. And I get it closer. And I look down. And I'm like, I'm like, no. And it starts to come up. And I'm like, it can't be. I can't be. I'm like, there's no way in hell. I look. It's a jacket. And I'm like, it just cannot be this jacket. And it's dirty. And it doesn't have any color, and all the stitching is eaten away. But I pull this jacket up and I hold it up, and you could see where the stitching was 
It said Top Rod Bassmasters, and it had my name on it. I hooked my freaking jacket. That's amazing. A year and a half later, <laughs> in the same place. True story, Brian. I was there for that. That's a true story. You, you actually freaked out a bit. You wanted, you didn't want to bring it in. You were trying, you were trying to cut it loose. You didn't want to say it. You were all like bugged out, like there was ghosts in that jacket. Was I bugged out? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> wow. You're like, no, no, no. No. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's cool. Bring it in. Wow. Yeah. That's hey, a true story. I got breaking news. Okay. It's 11:05. Wow. How'd that happen? We. Uh, we, 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 I must have fallen and hit my head. We've ran past three hours. I have to end this. Okay. At, at, at end this file. I'm gonna, we're gonna stop right here. I'm gonna play the X Mark promo. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. Then I'll roll the promo. Yeah. We're gonna take a couple minute break. Yeah. And then we're gonna come right back with after hours. We still have these contests to finish up. Phone lines are ringing. I've, I've got callers to get to. So. We have after hours after this. We have hey guys, to. I, I'm gonna have to excuse myself. Me I would too. too. Me too. This is after hours. I thought that that show was eight to ten, and then ten to eleven was after hours. <laughs> Bro, it's eleven. We went three hours. Well, let's wow. call it. Did no, we, we give everything away? Contest. No. Well, just who's Beck. A, B, C, D, and E? Beck, let me run the show. Is that the contest? <laughs> Is I the A, B, C, D, and E coming back? All right, let's do that. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, just to let everybody know, uh, thank, thank you for tuning in. This has been a crazy show. I don't know how that much time flew past already. Uh, and if you stick what, around for the after hours, you can hang out with Brian. All right, here's all what right, we'll do. Mic off. Here's what we'll do. We're going to uh, play the X Mark spot. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it before we play it. We'll take that break. We'll come back. And we'll run for about another 15 minutes. We'll run till 11:30 for after hours. We'll call the show uh, and, uh, and and hang in there. Uh, we got a couple more prizes to give away, and maybe the grand prize. I don't know if we're going to give it away. Maybe we'll keep it till the next show. Um, but let me remind you: the X Mark Take Back Your Weekend Sweepstakes last until June 30th at midnight. So you still have time to enter that contest. Enter for a chance for a beautiful lawnmower. A trip with me, a golf trip, a lot of other prizes. Uh, so check it out. Uh, hang in there. We're coming back with a short after hours. Hang in there. Here's the X mark spot. Hey, folks. Mike Iaconelli here. And you know what I'm going to do when I take back my weekend. I'm going fishing. <laughs> xmark.com slash weekends submit your video on how you're going to take back your weekends for a chance to win an xmark mower cool outdoor gear and a chance to fish with me yeah what's your favorite way to enjoy a weekend create and submit your take back your weekends video at xmark.com slash weekends for a chance to win one of 18 prize packages valued at over thirty one thousand dollars 